Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Nasty on a Tuesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. 201, your time check is brought to you by Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Wanted to start the show off today by um, by getting a little uh, a little personal with you guys. Uh, not you guys, but the listeners. Oh, uh, I was kind of excited there for a second. Well, here's the thing, Jamie. I know you got the same text message that Marsh and I got late last night. Oh, yeah. It was around 2 a.m. You got wait. You guys got it too. Yeah, that's yep. a little disappointing. I thought I was the only one, but that's fine. Well, brings me to the toxic part of this relationship. Mm. I know you guys got the same text message I did about 2 a.m. And all it said was, "You up? You up? Yep, son of a. You got it. Marsh got it. I got it. And of course, the text message was from our St. Louis Cardinals." What do you have them in your phone as? Cardinals or like, what do you have? Dead to me. What? That's how you have them when they it, well, when it pops up? Yeah, because it's a reminder mm. not to jump right back in to this toxic relationship that we that we have. I have them under two birds, one bat. Okay, so you're still, I, I still feel like you're in that kind of like that love stage. I, I, Anthony, I tell you, it's a roller coaster with these guys. How about you, Marsh? Mine just says, be patient. Okay. That's, oh my yeah. gosh. That makes a lot I mean, of sense. Yeah. That's a let's that's like a phone number slash reminder. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, instead of putting it in my calendar, it's just a contact. Yeah, it makes sense. Now here's the question, though, Anthony. Did you answer? No. I no. did. <sighs> Jamie, we've been over this. I'm weak. We've been I'm over weak. this. When they had that little spell I know. in May, we went over this. We talked about this. We talked about how toxic it was, how much they're going to do that push and pull with you. I know. How much they're going to make you feel like crap about yourself only to keep you on the line. Now, in May, it was at least, a, I don't know, eight of ten games or whatever it was that they won. This is this is only three in a row. I know. So you responded after only three games? I've missed them. So I'm they, sorry. They have, treat, they have treated you like total crap mm-hmm. and you're just throwing that all out for three wins Anthony I don't know how to explain it okay because like when it's bad it's bad I know they still have your CDs but my god what man, did you reply download download iTunes and, and, and god, go with some other songs it's so good when it's good Anthony wow what did you say back I said of course I am <sighs> I replied too did you? Yeah. <laughs> See? I said my parents aren't home. 
Why, guys? I felt like we made good strides. The Cardinals are still, what, eight and a half games back? It's only three in a row. They've done basically nothing. You have given them everything. It's eight games. Eight games back. They've they've done virtually nothing to get you back. But Anthony, they told me that they've changed. They always say so that. It's going to be different this time. I don't. I believe. You know what? I have a heart, and they just find their way to my heart, and. I believe things can be different this time, Anthony. Oh, no. I know I'm probably a fool for doing this. I understand the the, the possibilities here. But I just can't say no. Don't, don't you dare come back to me when this team breaks your heart again in a week or two weeks crying to me because I'm not going to be here this time. Okay? Don't make it weird, Anthony. Don't make it weird. Because when my- I break up... With the Cardinals, and I've said all this like crazy stuff, like the last time when I said all that mean stuff about the Cardinals, you went and told them. And then it made it weird because my heart was still with the Cardinals. Why are you dividing us? I'm for not this? dividing us. I'm just telling you the truth. You made it weird. I told them exactly what I thought of them and what they were doing to you. Yeah, but we're and boys. You're not supposed to do that. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to be honest with them. I think that this is toxic. But where are you? Did you get the same text message last night, Cardinal fans? Did you get the same you up? Did you respond? Leave us a mic drop. Are you back in after only three games? We had a text message from the 314. It says, when the Cardinals and I broke up, they stole all my furniture and my dog. Should I just let that go? <laughs> Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to the past. Are you optimistic? Has it been so bad that only three games leaves you feeling optimistic? Check out this spin zone from the 618. Stalter, you haven't given up on them either. Or you would have blocked the number. Oh! Damn. That's a that's really a good, good call. call. Out. That's a really good call out. We got a couple more here from the 314. All my friends try to tell me that they're a loser. But they say they can make it if I just believe in them. <laughs> Are you blocking them? Cardinals, I'll never block you. Are you optimistic? Why are you optimistic? Is Did you th- see that comeback? I mean, if you can't... If, if it doesn't make you feel good when they come from behind like that, mm. I don't know what you're even watching. Hmm. You know they still have lost. Well said, Jamie. You know they still have lost six of ten, right? They're still minus thirteen run differential. Still have the same. I mean, their pitching, their pitching hasn't gotten better. Flaherty didn't pitch well yesterday. Eh, he got the victory. Liber- Libertor's got over a six ERA. Wainwright had a nice outing on Saturday. Miles Michaelis at his third straight poor outing. I you mean, know things. It, you know things really haven't changed. Right, guys? Mean, they're scoring eight runs a game. <laughs> Did you see Jack Flaherty? It's a fallacy. Battle. It's not real. He only walked one guy yesterday. For seven innings? It's not real. That guy's a warrior. You calling Jack Flaherty a warrior now? Really? He battled through that. He's five runs deep in the stop first two it. innings. Just stop it. The Cincinnati Reds have won nine straight. Wow. That's who you're chasing right now. The youthful, energetic Cincinnati Reds. And sure, it might not be love. But they're hot right now. You're not alone, Anthony. Uh, the 618 knows what's up. Uh, yeah. 
said, uh, that's 314 said, I, I saw the text, rolled back over, went to sleep. Good for you. Uh, no, not good for you. Good for you. No. No. Right. At least answer. Are you, Jamie, uh, are you legitimately optimistic now? Like, is there, on a scale of zero to 100%, 100%, oh, like, a, you're, I mean, you're just, you're all in. Zero is nothing. Where, what percentage are you? Or how about we just go zero to 10%? Why would it be 10%? That's why I started off with 100, and then you yeah. said you got you got offended by that. I didn't, no, I wasn't offended. <laughs> I just said that's a large margin there. You got offended by it. I recognized wow. it as your friend. I took it back. All right. Um, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to believe. One, one to 10. Where's your, where's your op- optimism? Define optimism. There's still there's still at least somewhat of a chance that they win the division. Ten being the highest. Ten being the highest. Six. Six. Marshall, what about you? Hmm. One to ten. Where's your optimism? Well, six, after the vision that I had, I'm at, I'm I'm uh, eight for some. Eight. Eight. See, after your the optimism is an eight. Anthony, I had the vision. Marshall <laughs> did have a vision, and they've won three straight since. <laughs> for clarity, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. It's gonna happen this weekend too. Uh, for you clarity, imagine to, if they to, went into this weekend, haven't lost a game, going right into the vision. I mean, we're looking at National League Central champions. Wow. Was this a dream or, or like just a date? Was it a daydream? Talk to me about this it's vision kind of like again. A daydream. It was yeah. just a daydream. So you're just well, sitting no, around. It, it was. It was. Uh, it was a dream. That then was confirmed in the day. So, like, I had this vision. I'm like, there's going to be a moment. It's going to happen in London. Mm-hmm. It has to happen. And then I listened to the opening drive, and Adam Wainwright was like, yeah, I think I'm going to pitch, you know, one of the games in London. I go, there it is. That's the that's it right That's there. what the vision that's was the trying. Moment. That's what it was trying, trying to tell, to tell me. me. It makes sense. We got a text from the 314. See, Anthony, more people on my side. Said uh, they told me they've been working on themselves to try to be better. <laughs> Maybe they just need a second chance and someone to believe in them. You guys just don't see the same side of them as I do. <laughs> Apparently, Jamie does. <laughs> These are so great. Uh, the text line actually saying different types of dreams here, but uh, the one that I want to read off is the three one four. It was a dream within a dream. We call that Inception. Mm. So you're Leo now. I want to go that far. All right. Do you still believe? Where, where's your op- optimism level? Are you taking them back? Did you answer the text message last night from the Cardinals that said you up? <laughs> Leave us a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Of course, you can always reach us during the uh, course of the show. Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. The Cardinals will continue their series tonight against the Nationals. We'll play the lineup game, home run derby, beat the streak. That's all coming up. 505, no, 605, excuse me, 605 from Washington. So I'm sure we're going to get a kind of an earlier lineup game today. Jamie's still reading these text messages. I am thoroughly amused. Just know, just know you may, you're making Jamie incredibly happy with this. Uh, yes. I, thank you. What does Jack Flaherty's outing tell us about the rotation? Tell us about him. Tell us about the direction of the pitching staff. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
All right, apparently I was right. We got the lineup already. Got an early lineup as the Cardinals take on the Nationals 6:05 tonight. Of course, the Cardinals rallied for a victory last night. Jamie's still reading these text messages about the toxic relationship that we all have with the Cardinals. We're just uh, varying degrees of the toxic relationship. <laughs> Jordan Montgomery, the left-hander, will go for the Cardinals. Mackenzie Gore, the left-hander, will go for the Nationals. All right, Jamie, you ready? Yeah. Get the left-hander on the bump. Well, I don't think it matters at this point. I think Brandon Donovan's your leadoff. Hitter. Agreed. Show us. Donny boy. No, no, no. Okay, so Lars Newbar's back. There you go. Hmm. All right. How about show us Lars Taylor Tatsui Newbar? You are so wrong. Oh, crap, Anthony. Okay. Dylan Carlson? Tommy Ed. Tommy Edman. Tommy Edman. It's Tommy Boy. Okay, I, I just went 0 for 2, so yeah. Show us Tommy Boy. But right now, I'm going to need you, Tommy Boy, to get this place going! All right. All right. I don't think anything changes here. Paul Goldschmidt, please. I love gold! Okay, Anthony, now, Lars Newtbar was here yesterday. We know it's not going to be Gorman because the lefty's on the bump. Right, he's struggling. First is the left. The is lefty. it Brendan Donovan? No. Okay, so where are we going here? Are we going... We're going new part three again. Lefty, righty, lefty. Right out of the... Well, I guess Edmund will bat right-handed. I think it, or does he, even even though he has mostly struggled, he puts Contreras up? Because that's where he has been batting. I think you don't mess with Contreras. You want to go Newt here? Right at the five hole. Where? I don't know if I want to do Newt. I'm asking what else makes sense because... The only, I mean, Jordan Walker, you can move up, or you you move everybody up in the lineup. Have Arenado at third. You move everybody up. Arenado third, Contreras fourth. He he won't move Arenado out of the cleanup spot. I'm telling you right now. Okay. He, what did he do? It, did he even do it this year? I can't. I can't remember. Maybe yes. I can't remember a time. He if did he that. did, it was like once. He's very reluctant to move him out of there. So what do you think? I don't know. I haven't been very good today. Should we just go Newt? You want you, you said Newt. All right, you want to pin this on me? I All don't. Right, fine. That's no. okay, Anthony. It's okay. You know what? It's fine. This is us. Yeah. Show me. Lars Newpark. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See? I knew it. I thought, who the hell is this then? Is it Willie? I think it's either, I think it's either Contreras. Walker or Arnado? Well, go ahead, man. All right, Contreras, show us, show us free Willie style. You're wrong. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, we are terrible today. <laughs> Who the hell, Dylan Carlson? I don't At think three? so. Why would you put him there? You didn't play him yet. I think they either. I think Ollie either moves up Walker, gives him a gives him a, a prime spot. Or he's bumping everybody up because right, the lefty's on. Go ahead, go with your Arenado theory. I'm I'm not opposed to it at all. Okay, go ahead. Show us. Go with Arenado. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Albert Pujols, I love you, man. Thank you. Okay. Wow, Anthony, I apologize. No, that's all right. It wasn't my first choice. It's not like I I had to think through it a little bit. So this, if my theory is correct, then this is Wilson Contreras. Wow. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. Show us. Wilson Contreras, please. Wilson! 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 Then this is Jordan Walker. Walker. Yeah. 
It's gotta be Jordan Walker. Show us Jordan Walker. Walk it like I talk it, talk it. Walk it like I talk it, ayy. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it, walk it like I talk it. All right. Uh huh. Now this gets a little confusing. I think we got, uh, I think Dylan Carlson would be back in the lineup somewhere here. Yeah. Uh, this, this spot would make some sense. Yeah. Because I don't see Paul DeYoung getting above seven. No. All right. DC? Yeah, go ahead. Show us Dylan Carlson. Hey, Carl. Good to see you. Okay. Now I think this is Paul DeYoung. Yes, I I agree. Because Brendan Donovan's probably going to be ninth, right? Are they doing the double leadoff hitter? Or Lars is ninth. Lars, I forgot about Lars. Because you need another outfielder. You got yeah. Edmund in center. You got Dylan Carlson, one of the corners. Do you have Edmund in center? Because Gorman's not playing. So is Donnie going to play second base? Or is Edmund playing second base? I think it would be Donovan. Okay. So you'd have... DeYoung. Well, or, or you could go Donovan, DeYoung, Newt. Hmm. Based on that, then, is Contreras the DH today? No. No. Because we'd have to, we'd have to have Kisner. Walker was the DH, but right now Walker's going to have to be an outfielder for us. What about Newt? And yeah, but that's two, and then you got Carlson three. Edmund, yeah, but if you have Edmund, oh yeah, DC. All right, I think it's Paul DeYoung here. All right, let's go with it. Go ahead, I'm with you. Show us Paul DeYoung. The king is gone. There we go. Okay. I know that was a long way to get there, but we got. Well, there. I mean, we've we have not been good, so what we've done is we've slowed it down, and yeah. we're talking about it. All right. Um... So you need you need you need a second baseman and you need another outfielder. So Donovan and Newpar. Yeah, I think it I think it will go in that order too. Okay. Show us Brendan Donovan. What the H is wrong with you guys? A lot of names to begin okay. with, but show us Newt? Lars Newtbar. Show us show us the Newt. No, no, no. So Newt's out. Okay, so Kisner. Who else would be hidden here? Well, that's why I said earlier to Contreras with the DH. Show us. Are you ready? I'm just because I'm rolling downhill here right now. Yeah, we're we're on tilt. Yeah, I, I'm on tilt. I'm just like show us anything right now. Um, you know, I get that way. <laughs> yeah, if it's not, yeah, you're right. Okay, so let's work off the, your premise of Contreras is the DH. Uh-huh. So if he's the DH, Walker's in the outfield, which means Newt is not in the lineup. That's right. Okay. So we need a second baseman. We need a catcher. Yes. So maybe this is Kisner and then Donovan? I, I'm willing to do that. Show us Andrew Kisner. So, and it took... Wilson! Okay. There we go. So, Kiz Daddy. And then... So now we need a second baseman. Yeah, this is Donovan. got to be Brendan Donovan. Absolutely. Show us... Show us Brendan Donovan. All right! Where to go, Donnie! I mean, it's bad, but not too bad. No, but we like... We figured it out. We pieced it together. I know we figured it out, but I'm trying to figure out what the hell Ollie's thinking. Well, I think he's thinking. Newt just gets back. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. Eh, maybe he was thinking, hey, these are the only two guys that didn't get a base hit yesterday. They're out of the lineup. You hit hey, your you play. Hit your play. <laughs> wow. So we established, used to do that. we established that rule for the lineup game in the Sounders. So naturally, I looked up, hey, who did not get a base hit? Newt Bar mm. did not get a base hit. Nolan Gorman did not get a base hit. So didn't matter, though. They're not in the lineup. If I may, guys. For the next game that we play, the lineup game, if Newt is in, 
Newt doesn't get a sound. Still doesn't get one. He has to earn it, right? Yes. He has to earn okay. It. Under uh, fast lane rules of lineup well, I don't laws. Want us, I don't want us to contradict what our beliefs are because the Cardinals have said that in the past. He hit you play, and it really hasn't been true. Mm-hmm. Good call. I don't want us sure. to be that way. We hold them accountable. We have to hold ourselves accountable. I like it. All hey, right. if you hit, you sit on the bench for two weeks. Fair. You have to be very careful. And hey, then if you we hit, send you back down to Memphis. You go to Memphis. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> don't hit too good. All right, run it, Marsh. All right, uh, leading off, we have in center field, Tommy Edmond. Batting second, first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third, third baseman, Nolan Arenado. The cleanup hitter today, your DH, Wilson Contreras. Batting fifth in left field, Jordan Walker. Batting sixth in right field, Dylan Carlson. Batting seventh, the shortstop, Paul DeYoung. Batting eighth, the catcher, Andrew Kisner. And batting ninth, second baseman, Brendan Donovan. I love the Heath Ledger Joker that you like to do there sometimes with Donovan or whoever's yeah, betting it's ninth. Tommy Edmond. Yeah, yeah, today Brendan Donovan gets the uh, the Joker impression for sure. All right, so yesterday Paul Goldschmidt hit a home run. Uh, so that's good for me, right, Marsh? I got yeah. a home run, right? Uh, but he didn't hit it first. No, he hit it after Don- like right after, yeah. immediately after Donovan. So doesn't count, Jamie. You still have honors since you you're in the leader. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I think Goldie's gonna knock the piss out of one today. Fair I enough. got Paul Goldschmidt. All right. I'm gonna go Will Contreras. Yeah, it's not bad. It's gonna be a violent he's, one. Yeah, he start always. Yeah, he's starting to come around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he's about to break out of this slump. I got Contreras to hit a home run. He hit one Friday. Yeah, he did. I think home runs usually come in bunches, Jamie. Just a theory I'm working on. I'm really not working on it. I just wanted to say it. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to play the numbers here, and uh, I'm going to go with Paul DeYoung since the last time we played that sounder, he hit a home run, and uh, he hit a home run against Washington last year when he got brought back up. We all thought he was fantastic. Hmm. So I'm going to go with Paul DeYoung. There you have it. Hmm. Sound reasoning there, Marsh. So again, tonight, you got the Nationals-Cardinals game two of their series, 6.05. Jordan Montgomery will oppose Mackenzie Gore at Nationals Park in D.C. We did not get in the Jack Flaherty conversation. What does Jack Flaherty's outing tell us about himself, about the rotation, about the Cardinals? That's all next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman 
Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This was good closure that the Cardinals have supplied for myself, at least. Um, still grieving over this team, but winning helps. It doesn't matter who it's against. Winning helps. But I know I'm not buying back in yet. Maybe after the series with the Yankees and the Astros, we'll see where we're at. Then I think it's time that we can talk about is this team actually able to compete? That was Devin answering our mic drop question today, which is that did you pick up the text message or did you, re- did you respond to the text message last night when the Cardinals reached out to you at 2 a.m. and said, you up? Did you respond? Be honest. They've won three straight. Jamie was honest about it. Marsh was honest about it. Jamie responded right away. <laughs> I was excited, to be honest. Jamie's admitted his toxic relationship with the Cardinals. The constant push and pull. He's always going to be there. He may hate him for a full month, but as soon as the Cardinals show show him any sort of love, any sort of love, Jamie ju- jumps right back yeah, into it. I don't even feel bad about it. I don't. You know what? If um, they're going to hurt me, it's because I'm letting them hurt me. Mm. That's it. I don't care. I don't care what my parents think. I don't care what my friends think. They don't know the relationship that I have with the Cardinals when things are good. And I believe that at some point, you know, we're going to progress. Wow. Did did they respond to you? Or did they have the text bubble and then not respond? No, That's we, a great question. If we're going to be completely honest here, we did text back and forth for about 15 minutes. I was really tired at the time. had a long day. Mm-hmm. Um I actually feel a little bit guilty because I felt like I cut it short and the Cardinals were like still wanting to talk. Mm-hmm. And now I feel guilty today because I did throw out the mm-hmm. text this morning. Hey, sorry, I fell asleep last night. It's not I didn't get a response yet. Yeah. You're too inconsistent. They don't like inconsistency. I don't know. I don't well, know how to feel about it. On here. They've been inconsistent <laughs> to you guys. They've been, in, they've been inconsistent to us. You, Jamie. You didn't do this to them, okay? You didn't make them feel a certain way. I feel responsible, though. You're not responsible for I this. I feel like it's all my fault. It's the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you would have showed up more. No, Marsh. Maybe if I wouldn't have fallen asleep last Marsh, night. Marsh, you're no. not helping. You're Maybe not helping Maybe if I wouldn't have fallen asleep. No, Jamie, this isn't, this isn't on you. This is, this is a team that 
in last place has treated you like crap all season long. You got to stop the toxic roller coaster. No matter what they do tonight, you can't jump back on. You can't go through the ups and downs, Jamie. Okay? Until they show real commitment, real change, and they're showing any sort of consistency. Anthony, you don't know. You don't know how they treat me when we're alone. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, we got some work to do. Got some work to do. So does Jack Flaherty after yesterday's performance. He did pitch deep into the game-ish. At least, though, uh, after giving up five runs, he saved the bullpen. Even got himself a win when the offense came back. The guy's a warrior. What do you think of Jack Flaherty right now, besides the fact that you think he's a warrior? Anthony, he is exactly what I thought he was. I said it last week, didn't I? You get a couple of good outings, you get the bad one in there. A couple of good outings, you get the bad one in there. Now he's had a couple of, I believe his last start wasn't all that great either. But um, I don't know. This is what it is. Here's what I will say about Jack Flaherty's performance yesterday. One, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, the outing wasn't as bad as the scoreboard showed. There were a couple of times where he was able to almost work himself out of the jam and then a little squibbler would find its way. I understand that's baseball. But overall, I didn't think he was terrible. Mm -hmm. He didn't walk the entire team yesterday. Uh, And he battled. I know he gave up, what, five runs, was it? Yes. No, six. Six runs. He gave up six runs, which by no means is that like I'm handing out a ribbon for six runs. Five, sorry. Five, okay. So again, by no means am I handing out a ribbon for giving up five runs, but he also didn't self-implode. Like two years ago, Jack Flaherty would have been unrecognizable on the mound in the third inning. You would have had to go get him. So the the flip side of this, and if you're going to build off of something positive, if you're the Cardinals, is you're looking at your team overall and going, you know what? They're starting to push back. They're starting to show some jam. The grit that we talked about. They're starting to show that. Jack Flaherty muscling out, what did he go, six and a third? Six and a third. Him muscling out six and a third after giving up five runs in the first two innings? Mm Mm-hmm. Shows me a little something about Jack. Doesn't show me he was a great pitcher yesterday, but it shows me he's got some jam. That spreads throughout the lineup. Yeah. It does. Guys start to make better plays. Tommy Edmond makes an incredible play yesterday as well. Things like that pump up your team. And here's one thing the Cardinals do know for sure at, at this point is if their bats are going on any particular day, they're never out of a game. They're not. And yesterday is a prime example of that. Well, expanding on that, Jamie, I, I thought yesterday was so many times we we have looked at this Cardinals team and they've either not had the starting pitching or not have had pitching period and and bad defense and they weren't able to outslug their mistakes or they got good pitching, they had they they got good pitching, maybe not great defense and couldn't hit their way out of a paper wet paper bag and they lose. Yesterday, all of the elements were there, except for the starting pitching. They did play good defense. In fact, Jack Jack Flaherty would not have made it six and a third without the, the stellar play of Tommy Edmond, oh, no Donovan, throwing guys out on the base pass. Some Somewhat Nationals mistake. doesn't matter. The Cardinals made the plays. And we could say that knowing that the Cardinals have not always made those plays. As recently as last week, Paul DeYoung had an opportunity to throw a runner out 
with the infield drawn in. He threw it to the wrong side of the plate, and Willis Contreras couldn't make the play on the other side. They haven't made plays consistently. But yesterday, the offense showed up, the defense showed up, the bullpen showed up. We don't know if they're going to complete the whole package. If they're if they're from a consistent basis, they're going to they're going to have all four elements of the game show up consistently. If they do, this team is talented enough to make things interesting again in the NL Central, a bad NL Central. But they have to have three of the four elements show up consistently throughout. I agree, and it's been the opposite. And by no means, like some of the text lines, like, oh, Jack wasn't good yesterday. We know. By no means am I saying he was lights out or he pitched well. I said, I said very clearly that he pitched better than the numbers showed. And he also got to six and a third innings pitched. That's all. He gave you enough to get you to a point where you could come back in that game. Yeah. And then the bats went to work. You know, Goldie and Donovan going back to back with those home runs. Walker getting on base again. Like, mm-hmm. you're not the Rays. No, you're not the Rays. You're not the Braves. This has got to be a little bit like progress, not perfection. There, there is some progress being made. That doesn't mean things are definitely turning around. They're, they've gotten their offense to come alive recently. Again, defensively, they were solid yesterday. And Jordan Hicks. Picked up his third straight save. He has settled things with Ryan Helsley being on the IL. He's throwing grease lightning bolts right now. Yeah, 103 with movement. And then he'll even pick it up. He'll hit the 104. Yep. And he looks confident. He does. Like we always, my biggest gripe with Jordan Hicks up until this recent streak of his was for a guy who throws 103, he doesn't miss a lot of bats. They seem to time him up. They're not right now. Nope. So whether he's locating his pitches better, whether he's moving them around the strike zone a little bit more, I know that he's it, when he's up in account, he'll throw that thing, he'll throw that fastball up high, fastball rising up. Guys are swinging at that. It's a pitch you really can't lay off of. So he's doing a lot better job of locating his pitches and also mixing up, you know, where he goes with with whatever at-bat he's got going on. Yeah, you have to. You have to change, change the eye level. Yeah, he's not like married to one concept of mm-hmm. it where he's just like, I'm going to just outspeed you. This is the majors, man. Guys see that 103. They're like, okay, fine. I got you now. And they time you up. They don't always get hard contact against them, but sometimes you don't need to. Especially if they know general location. Yeah. If they know what you're going to throw, yeah, it's still, it's still 103, but this, these are major leaguers. So if it's 103 in the same spot, they can time up. But no, Jordan Jordan um, Hicks has looked very good. We have a Cardinals Bud Bash ticket giveaway, a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals and Astros. We'll give away that four-pack at some point throughout the course of the day, so hopefully you'll stay right here with us uh, on 101 ESPN. When is the ideal time to start making moves if you're Doug Armstrong? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, I'm not an avid Cardinals fan, but earlier this season, with their resurgence and the subsequent downfall, 
I'm not texting back. All right, that was Grant. He's a little more skeptical, I think, when it comes to the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't know how much uh, I like Grant's attitude today, to be honest. I mean, I appreciate the mic drop and certainly appreciate listening, but my goodness, you know? Come on. Well, I think Grant. Uh, what Grant is saying is that he's not going to be duped by this three-game winning streak. Why do you always have to feel like someone's being duped? Well, because I take everything personally. Like, what if they're actually really trying and they're having some success? Why can't you just be happy for them? It's like you, it's like you don't want the Cardinals to be happy, Anthony. And I, I feel like that's mm. just not the right attitude. Wow. Would you rather be duped or dumped in this situation? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'd rather just be duped. It's it's messy at the end of the year. For sure. Hmm. But, yeah, Jamie's probably right. It's not healthy. It's naive. But it's a fun time throughout the course of the year. Even if Marsh completely shatters his heart like it did uh, it's the Philly before. series. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Doug Armstrong. When is the ideal time to start making moves if you're Doug Armstrong, Jamie? Well, I think right now, to take a page out of the Cardinals' book, he's got to be a little patient. Because if he's too eager to get to the trade table, teams smell that a mile away. And sometimes it takes a team to make a trade to start a little bit of a domino effect. Because let's say there's a team that has a player that you're interested in, uh, and they make a trade of a different kind. Then... Other teams get involved, and because a player leaves a certain team, then the team has to acquire a certain player. It starts this chain of events of like teams starting to make trades and talking more, and players are moving. And so I think Army, I think he's got to be patient and wait. If he's the first one into... So let's do this, okay? You set up a Zoom meeting. If you're the first one to the Zoom meeting every single time, you look a little eager, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Arrive somewhere in the middle as everybody's kind of getting on board here. Don't be the last one. You know, because by the time you get into the Zoom meeting, it might be over at that point. You didn't get all the information that you needed. Right. So you arrive somewhere in the middle. You know, not too eager, but you're just, you're fine. You not dysfunctional up. People know and not you're organized, there. Yeah. disorganized. People know you're there. So that's what I think for Army, that's the strategy right now is um, if he has certain players that he's earmarked as far as trade possibilities he's had to have had discussions a little bit with agents probably especially if he's looking to deal players with no trade clauses Um, and i still think that would be way too early yet you know things like that usually happen quickly because you don't want the player to know in case it falls through Mm -hmm. so you got to be patient there as far as the draft picks are concerned i think you're going to see a lot of read and react because Steve Eisman had his presser today uh, in Detroit and, and he's he's a real patient guy too very well thought out and he's played his cards tight tight to the vest and he just said listen we're going to have the ability to change our mind up until we have to put our pick in to the NHL registry and walk up and make our pick as of right now our plan is to pick at 9 so he's under the same you know, the, the same uh, thought process of we're just going to wait. Nobody wants to be the guy or the team out there that is like, hey, look at me, I'm ready to deal. Who wants a deal? They already know. 
teams already know that Army's looking to do something. He's been very vocal. He's been very upfront to the fan base, to whoever wants to listen, that he has certain plans in place. The one thing that Army's got going for him is that people know that Army just doesn't jump at a trade. He doesn't. He'll drag it along. He'll move it in the right direction. He'll wait until the opportunity's right, and then he'll make the trade. Does he win every trade? No, but he's won a lot of them. He's done a pretty good job. You want to take free agency out of it? Army's done a pretty bang-up job as far as acquiring players. So I think that that's the biggest thing right now is the Blues have to be patient and, and figure out where other teams are going with some of their strategies and kind of react from that. Plus, as we've talked about, the, the Blues are in a spot where one-year deals make sense. One-year deals, guys that are looking to reestablish their value, they make sense for the Blues. Not long-term deals. Not long-term. You have your long-term contracts right now, and we can debate whether or not the that Doug Armstrong should or should not have given the long-term contracts out to certain guys or when they did. But the bottom line is those, the ink is dried. The contracts are there. So looking at short-term deals make a lot of sense for the Blues right now in, the, in this offseason. I'll let you talk about the guys that actually make sense. You know more, way more about the league than I do. But when it comes to the Blues' approach it, and Doug Armstrong's approach, it fits with your be patient. Because if a guy goes to the, to the market, his agent goes to the market, and teams, you're not hearing the number that you want, whether it's a longer-term contract or a dollar amount. And the longer these guys wait the more opportunities I think that Doug Armstrong can come in and say, hey, you're going to be a key, key piece of this team this upcoming year. I'll give you a one-year deal, some decent money. You can reestablish things, hit the open market next year. But you're going to have a pivotal role with our team. Yeah. So I think that in sequence here, you know, the free agency doesn't hit until the first week of July, July 1st, I mm-hmm. believe. So I think in sequence, Army has to identify – you know, what he's able to trade for before that, um, because that might impact what kind of free agents he looks to acquire. Sure. And so I think that that's the biggest thing right now is kind of evaluating, you know, what the trade market can present to you. What players, too, evaluating what players might be receiving qualifying offers or not. So players that are under team control have to receive a qualifying offer. Uh, I believe the deadline's coming up soon here. And if teams don't, offer a player for whatever reason he's not in the plans anymore or what now you start to look at that pool of players and mm-hmm. go okay does this player fit somewhere in our lineup yeah uh, and you also have to identify players that have one year left on their contract and then unrestricted free agency most teams now the the deadline move for teams with players like that is to trade them in the offseason going into their last year of the contract why you get more you get more for said player because a team truly gets that player for the season it's not just a rental and if Doug Armstrong looks at a player that has one year left in unrestricted free agency, maybe he says to himself, I wonder if the power of the blue note can work here. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he gets here, loves it, loves our team, loves the fan base. Salary cap's going to go up too next season. So when you're identifying certain players, I think that's what you look at too, is who could be available via the trade market because they won't re-sign with their former team, almost like a Matthew Kachuk situation where you know that was unique, but there are players all over the league that are on expiring contracts after next season and will be free agents. Those players, teams are always listening for offers on those players. Yeah, it makes sense. This is Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Faust Line on 101 ESPN. We've got our Blues draft coverage coming up. 
think, uh, what, next week? Yeah, next week, where Alex Ferrario is going to be in Nashville. He's going to be doing some live updates. He's going to be doing a show with BK, you know, BK throughout square the course dancing. of the week. Some square dancing probably involved. Uh, maybe Alex hits up the, hits up the bar once or twice, and then bucket we get him beers. on air. And oh, yeah, we'll have to put a team pool of money together for his bucket of beers. <laughs> yeah, especially goes to the Kid Rock place, right? I, I'm not going to badmouth Kid Rock. Oh, no, he's great. Boy. His place seemed to his be a little is expensive. expensive. I felt like calling him and being like, "Hey, dude, seriously, yeah. I, I've I've seen your house. Uh, you're not you're hurt. Doing okay. Why are you charging me fifty four dollars for a bucket of beer? I, I saw said. a fight there once. Did you? I did. When we I was... saw one too leaving the bar. There's yeah. a big fight in the street. Well, yeah, you get a little angry when you're having to fork you over shouldn't. eighty dollars for a bucket of beer. You shouldn't get angry mm. at the bar. Have fun. Have fun. That's what you're there for. You want to go fight? Go. Go down to the local gym and pick a fight with somebody at the boxing ring or the, the cage. Get some exercise in. Yeah. I, I see these young kids making stupid decisions. Now, trust me, I made the same damn ones back in the day. I see them now and I'm like, buddy, you're out here having a good time. Maybe you're trying to meet a beautiful woman. Maybe you're hanging out with your buddies. Like, you're really getting punched in the face. Is probably <laughs> not high on your list here. No, no, probably not. You no. know? Yeah, that makes, uh, so, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, It's good advice, Jamie. Thank you. Real good looking advice. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane. Let's talk about the uh the bullpen. Now, Jordan Hicks, can he can he be the closer for the foreseeable future? Is that risky? And could can the bullpen be fixed internally? That's next on 101 ESPN. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You best believe that I answered that 2 a.m. you up text. And I said, hey, pool's the perfect temperature right now. Why don't you come on over and get your feet wet? Because I'm ready to get my feet wet. Jamie, I think that was your spirit animal. I thought it was me at first. Who I'll was play. that, Marsh? That was Howie. Oh, Howie, Howie. How we doing? That was a place in uh, Detroit. No. In Ottawa, maybe in, in uh, Detroit. Hungry, hungry Howie's was definitely in Michigan. Maybe I. I mean, maybe, it might have been in Ottawa. Too. I played on a lot of teams in a really short period of time. Yeah, maybe I've got my cities confused, but I remember ordering from Hungry Howie's. Yep. Like, now and then, after a game, you get home, be late, be like, "Yeah, Hungry Howie's still awake." Uh huh. <laughs> this is a food establishment, correct? It is. Yeah, it's a pizza just, place. Just making sure. How are you thinking? Yeah, it's a pizza place. I know. I know of it from my days in Detroit. All right, that's probably where it is. Yeah, uh, roommate in college, uh, his name is Jim. He goes, uh, he's, he's like, what do you guys got for pizza around here? I know Little Caesars is kind of a big deal, but what do you guys got? He's like, have you never had Hungry Howie's? I'm like, no, sir, I haven't. Let's try this. That was rough. Oh, yeah. Hungry Howie's wasn't. No. I mean, some people like it, Jamie. I, it just wasn't for me. 
Hungry Howie's was, uh, there's nothing else available. You've probably had a couple of wobbly pops, yep. and you don't really care. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've already had a little Caesars just fill that hole in a, a in a hurry. Yeah, that makes sense, Jamie. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 302, your time check is brought to you by Clerks and Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So the mic drop theme today is, did you respond when the Cardinals at 2 a.m., and we all got this text message last night. We all got this text message from the Cardinals. And it was short, and it was sweet. And it was at 2 a.m., and all it said was, you up. No punctuation either, no no question mark. Even though it was a question, they decided to not put in too much of an effort. It just said, you up. Jamie responded. It was in the morning, but he responded. Right away. You responded right away. Right away. I thought you said it was in the morning. No, mm. I responded right away. Then we texted asleep. back and forth, and then I fell ah, asleep. Then you fell asleep. Then I texted in the morning, and they didn't respond. That mm. makes sense. I, was, I felt like I missed my opportunity. You saw the but. Like, okay, now I get it. Marsh. Marsh is talking about the the text bubbles. They popped up at one point. You were waiting. Then they disappeared, and, just and then you fell asleep. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Are we sure this wasn't like like a thirst trap? Send we don't mass like a mass text. Marsh, we don't know what they're doing right now. They've won three in a row. They've mostly frustrated us. We've been angry. We've we've had some rage. I thought we were starting to get to apathy <laughs> and acceptance. I'm at that this wasn't going to happen. Marsh is still at bargaining, and all of a sudden they put together three straight victories, and they're sending out messages at 2 a.m. We got one from the six one eight here, and I, I think it's pretty awesome. Said uh, I answered my text. Uh, they said they went to Mentality in the medicine shop and they're back on track. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would do it, honestly. Yeah, that would certainly get you going in the right direction. It. No <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah. Jordan Hicks has got the bullpen in the right direction. Three straight saves for him. They, this is somebody that uh, Ollie has been apprehensive. I don't think because of Ollie, I think because of Hicks. Apprehensive to use him on back to back days. Don't want to, you know. Do, Helsley, Hicks, these have not been guys, whether it's because of injuries or whatever, these have not been guys that have said, give me the ball every day. They haven't been. No, I know. Chris Stratton, give me the ball every day. Packy Packy Naughton, he's got surgery now coming up. Maybe he shouldn't have taken it every day. Either way, that mentality, give me the ball every day. So my question to you, do you trust Hicks if he's thrust into this closers role, you probably you're probably not going to see if it's another close game today. You're probably not going to see him for four straight days. But if he takes on this closer role, which he should, because he's 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 getting the job done right now, do you trust that he's not going to have a blow up at some point, or worse, get injured? Well, listen, the blow up is inevitable. We, it's a, the the sport is called baseball, and every now and then there's a blow up that happens. You get. You know, very few closers in the history of the game have been money every single time. The guys that were money more often than not are in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest, okay? So it's it's inevitable that the blow-up will happen. For me, it's the response to the blow-up. The next outing. I feel like this is where closers and certain ones, and I will say certain Cardinals pitchers, when the blow-ups happen, they don't react well. You're looking at a little bit of a downward spiral for a game or two, or then they're injured. Like, yeah, you know, pick whatever cardinal you want right now. Which but one are you thinking of? I just, I'm blanket statement, okay. Anthony. But I'd certainly know who I'm thinking of. <laughs> but so Jordan Hicks, 
you know, the next outing after the inevitable blow up, what does it look like? Does he want the ball again? Is he pissed off? Is he like, hey, Ollie, the sooner you can get me back into a game here, the better. Yeah. Or does he just go quietly into the night Mm -hmm. to where he's like, "Mm, maybe if I sit over here, they won't see me. Right. Or the blow up happens is like, it's because you used me too much. You have to know that. By the way, who the hell doesn't want to play? Like, I I just don't understand. Like, I'm not asking you who the player is. Yeah. In general, who the hell doesn't want to play? Right. You're playing Major League Baseball, and I understand there's a health factor and a risk factor involved in some of these things, but some of these guys are pitching 12 pitches. But Jamie, you know, you know a different sport, but you know those guys though. You oh, know, yeah, know, you know the guy that is like, I, hey, get me back in the lineup, and the coach goes, your leg just fell off. Like, great, put it back on, duct tape it, get me back on the ice, and then you know the the, the guys that tweak their ankle, and it's like it's in the best, it's in my best interest. Well, my favorite were not. the guys that said. I feel like there's something that's going to happen, you know, in my groin or my hip flight. Like, I just feel it's getting tighter. Like, it's not there yet. So I think for, you know, precautionary reasons, I need a couple of days off here right. to get this thing right before something happens. You know those guys exist. I'm like, what? Here, let me help you. I'm going to break your leg. Now at least you have a reason to be out of the lineup. Right. Those guys used to piss me off. So, so, so oh. it's, the same, it's the same deal. There's certain, there's certain relievers that don't want the ball if they don't feel 100% or close to. I hope that with Hicks having this closer role now, knowing what the importance is, that he's not one of them. But we'll find out. I think, to your point, this is where the manager comes in. People know my my thoughts on the manager, the the day-to-day. That's not true. One of the most important positions in all of sports. Right? Yeah, I'm glad I didn't hear that wrong. Go ahead. The day-to-day operations of a manager, the lineup, the, the the decisions, they're decisions. Some decisions work out, some don't. You make you have to make 20-something-odd decisions a day. It's a lot. All of them work out for you? Probably not. Unless you're Jamie. They all seem to work out no, for No, they don't. Trust me. <laughs> so for Ollie... Let me tell you, Anthony, there's quite a few that haven't worked out. One big one in particular. Ollie has to make some decisions throughout the course of a day. Some are going to go right, some are going to go wrong. And we like to evaluate them whether or not they do go right or wrong. That is part of the job. But this, to me, is really what the manager is in place for. You have a guy in Jordan Hicks who typically does not go in back-to-back games, who's got a long injury history, who has, whether it's injuries or otherwise, has been largely unreliable. But he's talented as hell. And can you unlock the talent? But we've heard, you know, started. I didn't get my true shot starting. Yes, you did. It did not work out. Well, it's because of, no, it didn't work out because you didn't execute. So we got a little bit of an excuse maker, right? But now he's got three straight games. He saved them all. And to your point, Jamie, at some point when that blow up does happen, how does Hicks respond? That is when Ollie comes in. Because if Hicks is like, well, I got overused. Okay, get back on the bench. We'll see you in the seventh inning. I need a closer. You're, you're not it. For the time being, though, this is your best option. This is your best guy. He has to. And be. it can be a fluid situation. And once Helsley comes back, I think it's great. Why not have more than one guy? That way you don't have to give the guy the ball too often. 
That that way you don't have three games in a row or the possibility of a fourth one, which I don't think Ali would do that. No. I think that's a little bit much. You'll see some. You'll see. Go, you'll see Gallegos tonight. See Gio in there probably. But once Helsley comes back, you, now you've got three guys that you're very comfortable uh, putting in there as the closer. Mm-hmm. So I think it only gets better from here. Hicks has to keep himself, um, keep his head screwed on straight here. He has to make sure that his routine is consistent. That he doesn't just take it for granted now and all of a sudden fall off the plan and do this and do that because young guys sometimes do that. When things are good, they ignore what got them there because, well, things are good. Mm -hmm. And then when things go bad, they try to go back in a hurry and it's like cramming for that exam at the last minute and it just never, not always does that work out for you. Right. So I think that uh, that Hicks pitching as well as he is right now uh, and Helsley hopefully getting back sooner than later, I mean, it, it makes your bullpen deep with guys who can pitch in high-leverage situations. And that's always a good thing. I agree. Marsh, you right over there? Yeah, I'm just reading some of these text messages that are pretty funny. Somebody got you pretty good. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was pretty funny. You left your softballs off. I certainly did. You got softball tonight, too. I do. Tuesday night softball. See, I listen. Sometimes. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. What's trending next with Andrew Marsh on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, it was announced officially that the Cardinals and Giants will play next season at the oldest professional ballpark. It is Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama. It's the former home of the Negro League's Birmingham Black Barons, where Willie Mays once played, and it will happen on June 20th next year. And they're going to honor Willie Mays there, which is really cool. I think that's that's great. I think for the Cardinals and Giants to be a part of it, two teams with a rich history of not only success, but just rich history in baseball and what they've meant to the game, I think uh, you, have, you found two excellent teams to represent that game. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Do we know? Oh, it's the Giants. Okay, I get it now. Yeah. Just um, the, have you ever been to Birmingham, by the way? Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's another Birmingham out there. I don't know why I said Alabama. I don't know. I don't think so. No. No. It's a cool little spot. Is it? They got a great little music scene down there. Um, I was riding around with some of the guys way back. What? Seven Dust, actually. Way back in the beginning days, I jump on tour with them and go to a couple of cities. No kidding. Yeah. And Birmingham was one of them. Who's the guy from St. Louis for from St. Louis? Well, he's not from St. Louis. He lives here now because he married a girl from St. Louis. He's from Atlanta originally, actually uh, North Carolina to be exact. Then he moved down to Atlanta for to be in the band and whatnot. And anyways, uh, Birmingham is a beautiful spot, so I can imagine that they're going to do this up pretty cool. It's going to be pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to be like the the Field of Dreams game. So I think it's pretty cool that the Cardinals are are getting these national spotlight games. Like, of course. This Saturday, uh, you know they're taking on the Cubs in mm-hmm. London for the two-game series. And the next year, they're they're 
taking on San Francisco. And for those wondering, like, oh, why are the Cardinals a part of this? Uh, Cardinals chairman Bill DeWitt Jr. said, Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama has a rich history of baseball and has hosted Cardinals legends such as Stan Musial, Dizzy Dean, Joe Medwick, and Rogers Hornsby over the years. So there's a little... Uh, Very cool. Um, relationship there between the players and the city of Birmingham, Alabama. So pretty cool for the Cardinals, but of course we uh, have to wait a full year for that and we get to enjoy London this upcoming weekend. And of course the opening drive will be having their, they'll have their watch party. That's right. Downtown. Yep, Cardinals in London watch party this Saturday at Patio's in downtown. As Marsh just said, the Redbirds are headed to London to take on the Cubs. You can watch the game this Saturday afternoon at Patio's with the opening drive. You can enjoy a fun-filled afternoon featuring trivia, games, your choice at autographed memorabilia, and more, all hosted by Randy Carey and Brooke. Proceeds will support Big League Impact, and you can find out more details on the on Big League Impact's Cardinals in London watch party now at 101ESPN.com. All right, let's move over to the pitch. Lionel Messi reportedly to make his MLS debut with Inter Miami on July 21st. Uh, Why is that a big deal? Because St. Louis City SC takes on Inter Miami July 15th. In in Miami though, right? No, I believe it's right here in St. Louis. Yeah. So they miss him by six days? They miss him by one week. Reportedly. You know why that's a shame? Because we talked to Kyle Hebert two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and when we talked to him about Messi coming in, I asked him to put a punish, just punish him. Yeah, the purge. Yes. Well, you this was be before Kyle purge. Hebert takes that stuff seriously. I know. Mm-hmm. That's why Messi and uh, Inter Miami are, are, they should feel good about I this. I think there's two, there's a few rumors going around. One of them, of course, you know, just rumors, of course, uh, not actual uh, you know, facts. F- facts, of course, but uh, you know that he saw what Kyle did last week in the box. Doesn't yeah. want to be a part of that. Also, heard that he, he doesn't, doesn't want to get pounded in the he, box. I heard he doesn't like animals either. Um, not a free zoo kind of guy, hmm. which is very disappointing. So he, they they scheduled for him to play against St. Louis. He panicked. He saw mm-hmm. what Hebert did he in the, the box. Hebert flu. Yeah, that makes sense. It does. Yeah, and he doesn't like the free zoo. Which is insane because everyone likes the free zoo. He hates St. Louis is basically That's what I pretty much gathered from it. He's going to have to face this at some point. So, uh, Messi reportedly coming to the MLS July 21st. Unfortunately for uh, St. Louis City SC fans, probably will not see him. Uh, How about Luis Arise? This guy is incredible at baseball. He's batting 400 again. And yesterday he got his fifth hit of the game. Rounds first base, and he does this thing where he slaps John Jay on the chest. I feel like that has to hurt, considering he's doing it quite often. <laughs> John Jay's like, can we can we do something else? Because you're hitting 400. <laughs> Anybody that John grew- Jay gets it. He does. Yeah. He's like, hit me harder. Please. Actually, he doesn't even say please. He just says hit me just harder. Hit me harder. Jamie, you and, I, you and I grew up watching Tony Gwynn. This is as close to Tony Gwynn as you're going to see in today's game. Understand, I'm not saying he's Tony Gwynn. But in a game... In an era where it's all about home runs, it's all about launch angle, all that stuff, Luis Arise is kind of old school. He'll use the entire field. He's not trying to hit the ball out of the yard. Whatever whatever it calls for to get on base, put the ball in play, that's him. Tony Gwynn had the best bat control that I ever saw. 
his ability to use the entire field, go with pitches. Sure, he hit some home runs, but he wasn't he wasn't trying to. He was just all he, he was one of the best pure hitters in the nineties. Luis Arise hitting four hundred. Obviously he's batting, you know, he's been the batting champ. This is as close as you're gonna see to, to a, a pure hitter. Yeah, I mean he's he's making contact and he takes what's given to him. I mean, it's a crazy concept. Right. I mean, I just, I can't believe that more guys aren't trying the same approach. And I'm sure some are, but I, I can't believe that more guys are are not just looking at this and say, huh, you know what? It's having pretty good success. Do you know why, though? In my opinion, they're at a disadvantage. Teams want power. Yeah. And teams are willing to pay for power. I mean, he I'd got traded for this guy, though. He got traded. He got traded from Minnesota. He's been doing maybe not 400, but he's been hitting well over 300 now for years. Yeah, I know. And he got tra- he got traded for Pablo Lopez. It's crazy. Anyway. Also plays second base, not a, not yeah, necessarily yeah. a premium position. There's some other factors that go into that. But you heard Matt Holiday when he's talking about we asked him about like say you know bunting and why is that? A-? He's like I didn't get paid to bunt. Yeah, I didn't like his attitude. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, my iHeart sack bunts and flies shirt is in the uh, is in the, the making right now. No, oh, not nice. in the mail yet, but it will be soon. Archie's been working on that. He man. has. Mm-hmm. You developed that, right? I yeah, dedicated to that sack. Mm-hmm. Good Absolutely. For Good for you. Marsh. It's going to be on everybody's chest. Yeah. Soon, if they want to buy one, of course. Uh, We got a text last night. A concerned individual uh, by the name of Brandon Kiley. Hmm. He, he was, you know, listened to the show and was upset that... Thanks for listening. We picked Randy Carricker to be the Cardinals GM over him. Uh, we, he was just super upset about it and talked about it today on the show. Wait, I, 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 I picked Jamie. Yeah, I said I threw Randy's name out there and, and then it, it led to all of this. Okay, what did he say? Do you he, have well, the audio? I mean, well, no, no. He, I, was, I was talking about our text chain. Yeah, but, last night... There was a text chain, Anthony. You yeah, really... this was before the Cardinals texted us. Yeah, he texted us first. Well, I You're remember a bit the of text. A text snob, you know, I remember the text. I responded to the text. Nah, I don't know if you did. Either way, uh, you, somebody brought up Randy, and he accused us of picking Randy. And I said, I yeah, didn't, I, I, said, I, I definitely didn't say no that. disrespect. With all due respect, Randy, I didn't say that I agreed with you being the GM. Uh, so I had to remind Brandon of that, but I also reminded him in the group text that. Uh, I didn't pick him either. Mm-hmm. In fairness to BK, I wouldn't put him as the GM either. No. 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 I don't... Although, he might, he might, BK, out of all the people here, might have the same effect on people as John Mosellock has. Well, he's, he's incredibly smart. Yeah. He's incredibly practical. Well-spoken. Well-spoken. Knows the numbers yep. inside and out. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he couldn't be a GM. No. But this fan base... At this point... Could they go from Mo to BK? I don't think they could go to Mo to BK. Is there much of a drop-off there? No. Two very smart guys. Analytically driven. Patient. Practical. Uh-huh. No, they need a couple of psychopaths. That's why you, they landed on you and I. Yeah. I think the attire might be a little bit different. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think the, the, um, the feeling that Cards fans get might be the same. I agree with that. BK would be making trades for guys that the fan base never heard of. <laughs> Throwing P 
pages of numbers. Yeah. People. <laughs> Talking about Will Bacon. And what, I, think B, I think BK would be outstanding. Oh, I think th- th- here's one thing. But I chose Jamie. Here's one thing for sure. That BK would never skimp on doing the necessary work involved to get to the bottom of a like something. You're absolutely That's right. That's a guy that is extremely prepared. So hats off to him. Just won't be a Cardinals hat. Wow. Last thing here, Ouch. Stephon Diggs. This is according to Craig Carton Live. At Craig Carton Live. Part of the Carton Show. <laughs> Stephon <Yes>. Diggs <laughs> is frustrated because he because after he restructured his deal, the Bills failed to land DeAndre Hopkins. He's still available. All right, we got to get into this. Stefan Diggs crying again. Plus, oh gosh. interesting interesting comments made by Dalvin Cook about DeAndre Hopkins. We'll tell you what that is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. First, they had a question in their sports six-pack where they were asked who would be the best general manager. BK, no. If they, at our station, if they were put in charge of the Cardinals. And Stalter opened up by saying, I think Jamie would be a great general manager because he's done it before. He found a guy in a parking lot once and then hired him to be a part of his team. I said, okay, that's fair. I get that. And then Jamie said it would be Stalter because, you know, they're they're friends. They're on the show together. This sounds like up. the Cardinals locker room. A lot of loving going on. <laughs> if the same question came up, I'd have said BK first and then me. Fair. Uh, I would and, not have. And then, exactly. Yeah, you hate the you show. You played Marsh's role. Yeah. said Randy. I've never been more upset in my life. Wow. I Marshy did say Randy, but he just said what about Randy? Is we're just trying to throw out other names. Uh, and it's <clears throat> I mean he's the most tenured guy here at the at the station. I feel like, you know. And who is that little boy that said something about the Cardinals locker room on that audio? The intern? Yeah, I don't know. No intern? I heard, Millsy? A, I heard a little boy's Millsy's, voice. Yeah, Mills has got a deeper voice, so it wasn't him. It Anyways, wasn't Grant. It threw me off a little bit there. Yeah. I thought maybe it's audio from a movie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, why did they let a kid in to their studio? It's weird. And Alex and gave is, him access to the mic. Alex's daughters aren't old enough huh. to no. do that yet. What is this, Little Big League? Right. Interesting. Huh. Anyways. Um, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Can I? May I, guys? BK. Sure, BK. Alex, T-Bone, on behalf of the Fast Lane, we're sorry that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook in the in the news earlier today saying that uh, if it were him and DeAndre Hopkins, you get an elite duo like you know Jamie and I when it comes to the Cardinals front office, new front office. Well said, elite duo. Package deal. What team, if those two guys went to it, do you, do you guys think could make just an immediate impact? That's also realistic. Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins? No, DeAndre Hopkins. Did I say Stephon Diggs? DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook released oh, by the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we know, okay. DeAndre had, Hopkins released had, by Arizona. Uh, 
We'll get into stuff on Diggs. I had Diggs on the brain there. Sorry. Yeah, we ended the last segment. So Diggs. Talking about Diggs. Yeah, Diggs. D-I-G-G-S. Diggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get into Diggs and some of the comments he made. But Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins, if both those guys want to go to the same place, I mean, you're, get, you're getting two pretty good players. Yeah. Which team Which team do you think could like dramatically turn around? Wow. Is there a dramatic turnaround? I don't want to say dramatic turnaround. Let's say impact. Most impactful. Well, let's see here. I mean, the, the Patriots, they certainly would make a difference on the Patriots. I think that would be an excellent landing spot for both guys. Yeah. Like, I feel like the running game and an experienced receiver like that really helped the evolution of Mac Jones. Um, and now they've got a real offensive coordinator in there yeah. for this upcoming season. Yeah, not a defensive coordinator yeah, calling or plays. Two defensive coordinators. Yeah, calling special offense. teams. Yeah, coach and a defensive coordinator combining to call plays, which is exactly what the Patriots had last year. I mean, who could have seen the way that was going to work out? <laughs> but they still won eight games. That's did. the funny part. They did. With all that dysfunction last year, the Patriots still won eight games. With Mac Jones and Mac Jones 2.0 under center. Right. <laughs> With Mac Jones and the guy pretending to be Mac Jones behind yeah. him and Bailey's happy. Yeah. So to me, the number one spot is the Patriots. Um, I, there's other teams that they could certainly help. Like I think the New York Giants would be a big help for them as well. Although they have Saquon Barkley, so I don't know how much help yeah. you need in the backfield. I'm just looking for teams that could use some offensive punch. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certainly there are two teams that you know pop up to me. The Chicago Bears are another team. That was the other team I was thinking, Jamie. That you know, look at Justin Fields again. For me, it's it's creating some relief for your young quarterback out mm-hmm. there, so they they're, they're not overwhelmed. For Justin Fields, it means he's not going to have to run the ball. He can actually hand it off to a guy. Sure. Um, I and, don't like it. And he can. Well, I bet you don't. <laughs> I bet <laughs> you the resident don't. Minnesota Vikings fan. Yeah. So those, those to me, the the Patriots and the Bears are my two picks. Uh, Jamie, I landed on the same two teams. I thought initially, I thought the Bears. Same idea that for that you had Justin Fields, somebody that hasn't been consistently accurate yet. He's he hasn't been in the league very long, so let's give him an opportunity to grow. But he does he does need to take that next step. When it comes to the passing game, Jalen Hurts made that that next step, going from purely runner, somebody that's going to be a threat with his legs and turn just otherwise just turn turn around and hand the ball off, to a, a legit MVP candidate and somebody that got the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Justin Fields, if he's going to evolve into that, well, his his next step and it's a big leap. He's going to have to show some sort of progress as a passer. But you give him DeAndre Hopkins who is a target that plays even bigger than what he is. I've talked about this before. He's the jump ball artist, the contested receiver, somebody that is not Tyreek Hill, blow the top off a defense, but somebody that can win in the short to intermediate game, just put the ball up, he'll come down with it. And then Dalvin Cook, who the Vikings thought we could get similar production for less, that's why they moved on from him. But for Cook, Somebody that could stay on the field the entire time. He's a three-down back. He can impact the passing game. I think it'd be he'd be perfect. They they too would be perfect for Chicago. But the Patriots would be more fun. The Patriots would be more fun. You got Miami, you've got Buffalo, and you've got the Jets, who are a hell of a lot more interesting now, coming off a year in which they won seven games without a quarterback. Adding Aaron Rodgers, I think if the Patriots were to land both of those guys, they've had a They've had conversations with Hopkins. I don't know how they're interested they are with Cook, but those that team I think would be very interesting with those two guys. They almost have to do it to to ensure that they can be competitive in that division too. True. 
Because, you know, if Tua's healthy uh, and back to where he was before he got injured last year, that, that Miami's got Miami's a good, good team. Buffalo, again, a good team. And the Jets, I don't know what to think of them just yet, but they're definitely going to be better than what they were last year. So speaking of the Bills, circling back to Stephon Diggs. Marsh, you had, re- re- reiterate if you would mind, the comments uh, that Stephon Diggs made. Yeah, so remember Craig Carton, of the Carton Show, yeah, Craig and the Carton, Carton family, Live, of yeah. course. And by the way, he is an afternoon host, um, you know, of course, of the, the Carton Show. And this is <laughs> on FS1, so <laughs> in which Carton is one of the employees of, for sure. Yeah, Stefan Diggs <laughs> is frustrated because after he restructured his deal, the Bills failed to land DeAndre Hopkins. I, I really like Stephon Diggs. I did not have any issue with him being frustrated last year when the Bills lost to the to the Bengals in the playoffs. You want a guy like that. You want a guy that's ticked off with losing. You want a guy that knows the team is good enough, but they're not putting it together. It's a team that was in the AFC title game a couple of years ago, or, or maybe not the AFC title game, but uh, the, the division around the last couple of years had that epic loss of the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And then you got smoked by a Bengals team that was more physical than you last year. I have no problem with Diggs being frustrated at the end of last year. What this sounds like now, though, is a relationship in which, Jamie, you know, have you ever been in a relationship where the other person was just basically ticked off that you were breathing toward the end? Why do you pick me, Anthony? Uh, Marsh, I could throw the same question out to you. The answer's yes. There they you go. They were ticked off that I was breathing. Yeah. The relationship, you know, it start it starts off with, with some small fights, healthy fights, yeah. healthy arguments, communication, and all of a sudden it's like it didn't matter what you did. They were just ticked off that you woke up that day. Yeah, yeah. That's what this sounds like with, with Stefan Diggs and the Bills. Are you kidding me? I can't imagine the Bills making any sort of promises knowing that DeAndre Hopkins would have to agree to sign with them. To I don't think they'd make any sort of promises to Stefan Diggs saying, we're going to use this restructure cap money to guarantee that we're going to get DeAndre Hopkins. Again, it's free agency. He's free to sign with whoever he wants. Yeah. Now they could have went to him and said, hey, can you? will you restructure your contract so that we could pursue DeAndre Hopkins? I'm sure that happened, and, and Diggs signed off on it. You could be frustrated, but DeAndre Hopkins still a, is a free agent who's free to sign with whoever he wants, and it's a roll of the dice. So at this point, if Diggs wants out, I think he should just clarify that, and the Bills can go from there. Otherwise, I think you got to grow up a little bit and realize that this is just how it's done. Restructure your contract. We're going to go after Hopkins. There's, of course, no guarantee he's going to sign here, but we need we we know we have zero shot at signing him if you don't restructure your contract. Mm-hmm. It's up to Diggs now. It's his decision. He could tell them to go chase themselves. Okay. But he but that's, didn't. That's not all that's going on with Diggs right now in Buffalo. I've also read a, a number of different things where mm. he wants more control in the offense. He wants to be brought into the meetings with the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. No, I'm sorry. You're a wide receiver, and wide receivers always think that they're wide open. Yep. And that they're the number one option. Yeah. Well, he 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 he's in like the top five in in receptions. How many more receptions does the guy need? Right. Or how many more voices do you need in that room? When uh, receivers are selfish in a good way, I want my receiver to, to, want to think he's open every... I want him to think he's 7-11, open 24 hours a day, okay? Well, are they really? And, yeah, they are. Yeah. And yeah. I want I want him to 
to be want to be targeted like 25 times a game. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. It's not. You just can't. So the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, whatever coaches that need to be in there, are there. Wide receiver doesn't need to be in the damn decisions, picking, you know, playbook things that he wants to be designed and all that stuff. No, there's too many players now sticking their nose and wanting to be a part of decisions. But not go, the not the full responsibility. Though. Oh yeah, but then mm. when things go sideways, yeah. he'll blame they Josh Allen. Say, exactly. He'll blame the the play mm. calling. Right. So they have five point four million that was cleared up in cap space. I think if the Bills were smart, they wouldn't get DeAndre Hopkins, and maybe they take that money and spend it on some defense. It, absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like you have to tell him that. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll this say is this: the way. reason why we didn't win. Well, I mean that, and Josh Allen was. Not great. Not great in the red zone. But let's just say he is. Let's say he plays like he did against the Chiefs two seasons ago. Like you need defense. You got pushed around. I'll say it this way. We'll end it. We can end it here. Jamie, you've brought this up with Alex Petrangelo and the no movement clause that he did not get here. And you would have illustrated if it were you, if you were in Army's position, you would have given the no movement clause. And then anybody after that, if you're worried about them asking for the no-movement clause, you would say, are are you Alex Petrangelo? Mm -hmm. Did you accomplish what Alex Petrangelo did? Right? I would say this to Stefan Dix. Are are you Jerry Rice? Because not only... not Jerry Rice didn't have any say in Bill Walsh's offense. First of all, are you Jerry Rice? Because if you're not, I think the conversation ends. If you are... Understand that Jerry Rice didn't have a say in the West Coast offense under Bill Walsh. He's not even better than the guy that the Vikings ended up picking for his trade. Justin Jefferson. That's true. Diggs is good. He's, he's not good. Jefferson. He's not great. He's actually he's really he's good. really good. He's really good. <laughs> Are the new world changes making attendance go up? We'll get into that conversation next on one when ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Got the text. Responded, new phone, who is this? It was Philip responding to our mic drop today. Ties in perfect, actually, actually with our ticket giveaway. Ready to hand out uh, some tickets here, Jamie? Always. Because we have your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals versus Astros. Next week's Bud Bash game features a limited edition Mark Witten bobblehead. Text in now, 314-399-9646 to win Budweiser Bash tickets for Cardinals versus Astros. Here's your question. Philip just said he got a text, or he got a text last night. We let off the show. We all got, Cardinals fans all got a text last night. What did that text say? If you've been listening throughout the course of the show, you'll know what this is, and you'll have your chance to win the Cardinals-Astros Budweiser Bash tickets for next Tuesday night. All by texting texting in the correct answer, 314-399-9646, and being the 101st texter. You get all the details on this season's series of Budweiser Bash Cardinals games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter, and Andrew Marsh, you had a, an interesting thought after hearing something yesterday. Yeah, and uh, this was 
from MLB Communications on Twitter. It's uh, They tweeted this out yesterday morning, um, but I thought this was interesting. This is about Father's Day weekend and the attendance, so I'm just going to read through some of these um, different notes and nuggets that they have. Uh, but it was the best attended Sunday since 2008 with more than 600,000 fans. It was the best average attendance for a Sunday since 2014. First back-to-back weekends of more than 1.5 million fans since 2017. Uh, largest weekend average before July since June of the tw- uh, 24th through 26, 2016. And that was 35, uh, 35,441, uh, I believe, the average over the amount of games that were played that weekend. But I wanted to ask you guys, is there a reason behind this? And does it have anything to do with the rule changes that we're seeing and how quick these games are. For instance, Friday, that disastrous game that we saw, the Cardinals against the Mets, it really wasn't that long and we can enjoy our Friday night after seeing them lose. Or does it have to do with maybe it's Father's Day, NHL is wrapped up, NFL still hasn't started, NBA's over as well. What do you guys think? I think it's probably a combination of those factors. You got again, you got Father's Day, so maybe maybe you see a bump in tickets. Maybe there's some promotions going on. Hey, take dad to the game or something like that. That that could certainly be uh, in in play here, as you also noted, Marsh. You got the NHL and NBA is wrapped up, and now it's all baseball. It's all baseball for the you know of the four major sports. Of course, we we know we got soccer going on too, but I think the biggest reason, guys, if I'm just taking a kind of a, a educated guess here. You got more teams in it. Mm, I didn't really think about that. You've you've got more teams that are in it. The Rays, Braves, Rangers, Orioles, Diamondbacks, Marlins. These these teams did not the Diamondbacks and Marlins. Nobody expected those those two teams to contend. So maybe you see a bump there. The Giants are on a tear. Thanks to the Cardinals. Cardinals mm. helped the Giants a week ago win three straight. Now they've won eight straight, Jamie. So they've built some momentum there. Uh let's see here. The Angels. Show Otani and Mike Trout actually giving the Angels fans a reason to go to games. The the mid the like the middle of the league are all established teams that were expected to be good, but they're just kind of you know lying in the weeds. Jamie, those are the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros, teams that are going to draw anyways. Phillies, the Blue Jays fall into that. Then you got the Reds. The Reds are interesting this year. You have to really go down to the bottom of the league where you got the A's, the Royals, the Nationals, the Rockies. The White Sox and the Tigers, who were not expected to be good and are not good. Cardinals are unfortunately in that same group, but they always draw well because of their rich history and because the fan base here is incredible. Other than that, guys, you have teams that are actually interesting at this point in the season. I think that's probably why we're seeing a bit of a a jump in attendance. Fans want to see their teams be in it. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I think the rule change is where it might impact. You know some of the viewers or the the attendance for uh, the teams is that there seems to be more action more consistently. You go to a game and it doesn't eat up three and a half hours of your night. Mm-hmm. Not that that was an inconvenience because I feel like if you were going to a ball game, you're willing to you know accept the amount of time that it takes. But it doesn't suck that maybe an hour has been shaved off of that game or forty minutes. And that within that, you know, that two hours and 30 minutes or whatever it takes that on that given day, that there's a lot more action. 
Yeah. The pitches are happening a lot faster. Uh, there's a lot of offense right now in Major League Baseball, so that's always fun to watch that. A lot of hits, a lot of home runs. So I, I feel like that combined with the fact that, like you said, Anthony, a lot of teams are are playing better baseball, or at least they're in it. Yeah. Because you know, the Central Division, I mean, I don't know if you, you know, but you still yeah. have teams that are in it. Right. Your definition of in it yeah. varies from team to team. Like the Rays are in it, like, to win a World Series. In it to win it, baby. The Cardinals are in a uh, horrible division. I did find this interesting because when you when you read off these these notes and you know the the nuggets here from the the tweet, you're like, all right, like I, I could expect maybe 2019 or something, but like 2017. Here's one Sunday's average of 37,706 was the largest Sunday since June 15th of 2014. Like that's almost wow. 10 years. What has been going on here, Major League Baseball? Like maybe they're 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 going up in terms of trending in this country, and hopefully that's the case because I want baseball to to be good. You know. Well, maybe it is a combination of some of the things that you threw out there. Plus, again, these 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 fan bases feel as though that their team is better than expected, and they want to go see. I mean, Cincinnati's the Reds specifically with the young talent. I think people are starting to oh, yeah. dig the, the young talent. That's a good fan base, too. It's a good yeah. fan base that, you know, for, forget, let's just take the, our, our Cardinals love out of it here. It's a really good fan base in Cincinnati. They show up for opening day. That has been absolutely drugged through the, uh, you know, the, the I don't know. They've been drugged through something. What is mud. it? The mud? Mud? Sure. The ringer? The, the ringer? The, the mud? Uh, Whatever, Anthony. Chili? Your, you know, barbed wire? Skyline Chili? The, Broken beer bottles? Broken beer bottles and uh, shame. Yeah. Mm. By the ownership group, and now they're you know, they're they're coming out again because of guys like uh, Ella de, de la Cruz and some of the other young guys that we've been we've been talking about. Joey Votto back too. Yeah, he's a draw, Jamie. He had a ding dong Johnson. He's a draw for sure for Canadians. There's no doubt. All right, Joey it's Votto's a fast a hell of a player, Anthony. I want to want disrespecting Joey Votto. Gauntlet next. No class. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four oh three. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Time for the gauntlet in the fast lane with Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. We welcome in Sam. What's up, Sam? Oh, not much, not much. Just enjoying this nice, beautiful day up here in Chicago. How you guys doing? Uh, are you in the city? Good. Thanks yes, for asking. Sir. But you're in the city, yeah? You got some work up there. You live up there, Anthony. What's your personal questions? Here. I want to get to know I Sam. I want to get to know Sam. Go ahead, Sam. You live up there. Yeah, I live up here. I relocated from the glorious Lou, but uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, so I'm excited to get going. All right, we appreciate you, Sam. So you've never played in the gauntlet before? No, sir. Only only on my own uh, while I'm listening to you guys in the background. So, nice. first time. Okay, and right. uh, I hear you're about a 95% winner in those moments. Yeah, some would say 60% of the time it works all the time, like so we're, we're doing good. <laughs> I like it. All right, Sam. You'll fit in nicely here. Who would you like to take on, Jamie, Marsh, or myself? Oh, man, I've been thinking about this probably for weeks since I've been trying to get on the gauntlet. I think i got to go with Jamie, Mr. Sugar. 
<laughs> All right, Sam. <laughs> I appreciate it. Good luck, buddy. Thanks, you too. All right, Jamie gets called out for the for the second time in a row. Sam, honors all yours. Tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Marsh, you know the drill. Spin the wheel. <laughs> all right, Sam. What are we hoping for? Uh, anything but hockey. I feel like that's probably my weakest. Then probably NFL as a second weakest. Okay, well, it's not your weakest, but it's also not your second weakest. For the, fir- for the second time in a row, it's going to be football. Okay. All right, we can deal with that. Jamie had football yesterday, got it again today. Rules are the same. Both of you guys are going to get... Four questions, the same four questions, all football-related. If you need the options, those questions become worth one point. If you don't need the options to get the answer right, those questions are worth two points. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, Sam, question number one. Name the two teams who were eliminated in the first round of the college football playoff this past season. Who are the two teams that got eliminated in the first round? Um, I know one of them was Michigan and the other was Michigan TCU beat Michigan and Georgia beat who did they beat um give me the options I, I think I can probably narrow it down from there sure Michigan and Ohio State Alabama and Ohio State or Alabama and Michigan uh, I think it's Michigan and Ohio State. Final answer. Okay. All right, question number two. Who was the first ever Super Bowl MVP? Oh, man. Options. Was it Bart Starr, Len Dawson, or Joe Namath? Uh, it wasn't smoking Joe... Think. Uh, let's go with um, let's go with Bart Star. Final answer. Bart Star. Final answer. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm Burgundy. Burgundy. All right. Question three, Sam. Who is the last defensive player to win Super Bowl MVP? Who's the last oh. defensive player to win Super Bowl MVP? James Harrison for the Steelers, maybe? Um, let's go with options again here. I hate to do that, but let's go with it. Malcolm Smith, Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Uh, Aaron Donald, final answer. Question number four. Which team has lost 31 playoff games? Most of any team in NFL history. Minnesota Vikings, final answer. <laughs> All right, let's bring back Jamie from the Cone of Silence. Sam, how you feeling? Uh, not great. Not great, but we'll, we'll see how Jamie does. Well, Jamie is walking in with kind of a strut today. A little bit. Oh, or is God. it a lip? You know, you just never know. A combination of the two, probably. The, the old hockey body sometimes, uh, you know. Fails you. <laughs> yeah. All right, how'd my guy do? Tell him, Marsh. Jamie, better pack a lunch. All right. Sounds promising. Jamie. Yeah. Your category today is football. 
back-to-back football categories. Are you ready? Sure. Question number one. Name the two teams who were eliminated in the first round of the college football playoff this past season. Name the two teams. Yes. Name the two teams who were eliminated in the first round of the college football playoff this past season. Options. Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, Okay. Alabama and Ohio State. Alabama and Michigan. Michigan, Ohio State, final answer. Question number two. Who was the first ever Super Bowl MVP? Options, please. Options are Bart Starr, Len Dawson, or Joe Namath? Bart Starr, final answer. Question three. Who was the last defensive player to win Super Bowl MVP? Whoa. Lawrence Taylor. Options, please. Malcolm Smith, Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Von Miller, final answer. Question number four. Which team has lost 31 playoff games, most of any team in NFL history? Which team? Most playoff games. So it's got to be an older team. Probably like the New York Giants or something like that. Woof. I feel like I gotta take a stab at it, but I don't know. Options, please. Options are the Buffalo Bills, the Detroit Lions, or the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Okay, so the Detroit Lions, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, they've lost a lot of championship games, but they've also won a lot of playoff games. Uh, The Vikings, I don't really think they've had any real success ever, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Anthony? Vikings, final answer. All right. Let's go over these. Jamie and Sam today in the gauntlet. Football trivia. Question number one. Name the two teams who were eliminated in the first round of the college football playoff this past season. Jamie, with the options, you took Michigan and Ohio State. Sam, you said Michigan and Ohio State. Correct answer is? It's Michigan and Ohio State. But both of you needed the options. (sighs) One-one tie between Sam and Jamie. Who was the first ever Super Bowl MVP? Sam, you said Bart Starr. Jamie, you said Bart Starr. Correct answer is? It's old Bart Starr. But both of you needed the options. Two, two, tie. I should have slowed down on that one. As soon as I thought about the Green Bay Packers, I knew and I knew it. And the first one, like Bart Starr. I got a little too excited. You're fine, Jamie. Two, two, tie. Who is the last defensive player to win Super Bowl MVP? Jamie, you said Von Miller. Sam, you said Aaron Donalds. Correct answer is... It's Von Miller! Jamie takes a one-point lead. Three, two over Sam. Question number four. The last question. Which team has lost 31 playoff games, most of any team in NFL history? Well, no drama here. Both of you guys went with the Vikings. 
Correct answer is... It's Marsh's Minnesota Vikings. That's what it, literally what it says. Yeah. Sam. You're going to a tiebreaker because you didn't need the options. 4-4 oh, tie. 4-4 tie. tie. Jamie used the options on the Vikings. Sam did not, so we have a 4-4 tie. And uh, if you heard it from the sounder there, a walk-off between Jamie and Sam today. Right. Sam, you're going to hold off on your answer. We're going to allow Jamie to write down his answer. But once we go to you, Sam, we're going to need it. All right? You're an advantage. You're at a slight advantage here. You get a little time to think because Jamie's got to write down his answer. All right? Here is your question. Closest to the pin wins. I, before you read this out loud, did you read the last part of it? It's hilarious. I do like Grant's. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of saltiness from Grant. All right, we'll get to that in a second, but we got a gauntlet, we got a gauntlet walk-off. Here we go. Tiebreaker question, gentlemen. Again, Sam, hold off. The Dallas Cowboys have played in the most playoff games in NFL history. How many playoff games have the Cowboys played in? Sam, hold Lord. off. Sam, hold off are on your you answer. Me? Both guys are complaining right now. Not, neither guy is showing much grit at this point, but Jamie's trying to lock in. Sam, Don't quit on me off. now. How many playoff <sighs> games have the Cowboys played in? Jamie no is writing down his answer. We have Jamie's answer. Sam, what's your uh, answer? I went with like 33, but I have no idea. Sam, we need an answer. 33 final answer. 33 final answer. Dallas Cowboys have played in the most playoff games in NFL history. How many playoff games have the Cowboys played in? Jamie, you wrote down. 68. Sam said 33. No need for math on this one. <sighs> Sam? You have chosen poorly. You lose! Today. <laughs> Correct answer is... 66. Jamie almost hit it on the nail. I almost wrote another number just to be funny, but then I didn't want to do it because I made fun of Anthony <laughs> for it, two You would have won it anyways. You would have won it anyways. Sam, I'm sorry, man. Thanks for listening wow. all the way up in Chicago. We appreciate it. Thanks for playing today. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Thanks, boys. Hope I'll get him next time. There you go. Thanks yeah, a lot, Sam. Take care, again. buddy. All right, take care. All right. Uh, and Grant, by the way, he says he's got a special message for everybody. Grant, you may not know Grant. Grant fills in a lot of times when producing, producing does a lot of great work with the uh, Blues for the Blues, Blues Radio Network here on 101 ESPN. He also writes our gauntlet trivia questions. It's a tough job, but since we changed the format and the wheel is in play, none of us can provide mm-hmm. questions. So Grant's got to do it every day. Again, tough job for him. But Grant said, after the tiebreaker question, text line may argue if they do the wrong according to pro football reference and they can go blank themselves. Wow. I like the fire and the passion. What would they be wrong about? I don't know. Maybe there's a different answer Hmm. outside of pro football reference. Okay. I don't know. All I know is... You hit the nail on the head. Almost, Jamie. Almost. Yeah, that uh, I was trying to do quick math. I was like, how many years have they been in existence? Maybe one playoff game a year for this many years? Because they're really good for a while. And then I just was like, screw it. I needed to answer something quickly. The hamster got drunk. Fell well, off the I wheel. just was like, I'm giving lots of time. Yeah. That's the that's the challenge there. That's why we, we love to avoid the tiebreaker. Yeah. Because if we think too much, you get, you get caught up. We trust Sam, but 
you know, you never know if somebody's going to Google their answer or whatever. We love to avoid the tiebreaker. Yeah. However, we rarely do. Yeah, very true. All right, it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Congratulations there, Jamie. Nice, nice work. You. Two in a row. Two in a row in football, too. Where do the Cardinals and Blues differ from a front office standpoint? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey, girl, it's Mo. You up? Listen. I know we had a rough start to the relationship, but now I feel like we should get off the brake and get back on the bandwagon. You know what I mean? This bow tie needs some cuddling. Come on, baby. We're back. We're back, baby. Yeah. Mo out. <laughs> I feel I feel weird, <laughs> yet not completely uncomfortable right now. That's our guy, Dr. Mo Evil. Yeah. Wow. So we threw it out there today, and congratulations to Justin, who won the four-pack of Cardinals tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals and Astros. He answered the, the trivia question correctly. Our question was, let off the show today, talking about how we all, and if you're a Cardinals fan, you got the same text message last night, 2 a.m. Following the Cardinals' third straight victory in what has mostly been a frustrating and miserable season, we all got the same text message. And that text message read, You up. You up. You know I am. Are you back in? Are you slightly optimistic? Even if you know, like Jamie's admitted, his relationship with the Cardinals is incredibly toxic. It's not healthy. It's not healthy for no. him. It's not healthy for his friends. Wait. It's not healthy for his family. <laughs> He recognizes all of this, uh-huh. and he still answers the text as soon as the Cardinals went three straight and they send it out to him. You up? Uh, you know I am. So what about you? Leave us a mic drop. Uh, Marsh, I know you were reading one of JR's recent articles about the Blues, and it got you thinking about the Blues and the Cardinals' front office. Yeah, it certainly did. There was a, a quote in there. Doug Armstrong was, was talking about Paul Stasny. And uh, about, you know, when they ended up trading him back in 2018, Blues, I mean, they were still in contention during that time, but he knew that that team just didn't have the makeup of, you know, Stanley Cup champion. And in JR's piece, Doug Armstrong says, we weren't going to re-sign Stasny and that team was floundering. There was really no feeling that that team was going to go on a long run, even if they made it. One and done wasn't going to do it for us, so we just felt the time was right. Um, I just—it makes me think of right now, like I, I, this team. I know you know we're talking about the tax messages, and we want to get back on the bandwagon, but does this team have that championship makeup? I don't think they do. So why even, why even bother? You know, what? Try- why even bother? I'm being realistic right now. I think Anthony agrees. Of course he does. Not what why do you mean, bother? Of course I do. He's speaking the truth. This team, in my opinion, they're going to win right a World now, Series, right, Marsh? Right just now, give up. We have 90 no, games left. Somebody giving just up. Give just up. give up. No, we're talking about knowing. 
that this relationship isn't going anywhere. And to just keep falling in time after time after time is incredibly unhealthy. You got to start to look toward the future. That's all Marsha's saying. Nobody's saying give up. Jamie. Anyways, as you're saying, Marsh, before Jamie rudely interrupted you again. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, yeah, you know, this front office. Listen, I'm not giving up. Go ahead, Andrew. Thank you, Jamie. This front office, the Cardinals, uh, they you know came out and said that they don't want to move on from Paul Goldschmidt, and I get that. I totally do. You know, Doug should, Armstrong would he they do be it? More like Doug Armstrong. I don't know. I'm asking you. Like uh, you know. So I think what Marshy's that's the case. Yeah, I think what Marshy's getting at here is that um, that there's a difference in the approach of the front offices for the Blues and the Cardinals. I think we've been talking about that for, what, a week to 10 days now, where, you know, you have to praise Army for being as transparent as he can be with the fan base. Last year was a tough year. First time in what, a decade that the Blues had a season to where they're just like, woof. And Army comes out and explains how, just literally, how this is going to shake up for the rest of the season. And if nothing else, at least it gave the Blues fan base, you know, a sense of where things are going, the direction that the Blues are in. And then, so nothing was surprising or hurtful from that point. And when you saw the team trending upward towards the end of the season, playing more consistent hockey, playing harder, playing better defensively, you look at that and you go, okay, good. We're headed in the right direction. We know there's no playoffs this year. We know there's certainly not a Stanley Cup this season, but we're headed in the right direction. You know, Army's vision, I can see it now. So I think that you know that part of it has been different between the Cardinals and and the Blues. So between Mo and, and Army, but you know you look at the Cardinals, they've they've had some good trades too. Like they've had the ones that we all talk about, the Randy Rosarena and Sandy Alcantara, and we can go round and round like that forever. But they still. You know, John Mosellock still was able to get Paul Goldschmidt. He was able to get Nolan Arenado. And whether Nolan Arenado wanted to be here and that fell into his lap or whatever, he still managed to make it happen and come out way ahead on both of those deals. So I think that, you know, there there is some, some praise that needs to be given uh, to the front office with the Cardinals. But Doug Armstrong, he has been more shrewd. He has been more ahead of it. And the Paul Stasny thing, that's a very true thing that happened. And the locker room was not happy with Army. Alex Steen was pissed. He was pissed. He thought that, you know, they're not going to re-sign Kevin Shattenkirk. Paul Stasny's moving on. Like, what are we doing here? Like, we're just mailing it in. And Army asked him to just trust the process. Be and, patient. Be patient. <laughs> and... You know, then then Army started to build this new look St. Louis Blues and bringing back David Perron, adding Bozak, adding Ryan O'Reilly. Um, so anyways, I think that there is a difference in the way both front offices operate. Uh, for me, it, the biggest thing is the transparency and very direct communication. I think you get more of that with Army uh, than you do with John Mosellock. I think that is the difference. I think the difference, Jamie, you just outlined it. I, I don't, you know, I, I won't uh, repeat what you said. You said it perfectly. You also have to factor in that there's, there's, it's a cap situation with with Doug Armstrong and the Blues and the NHL, and there's not a cap in baseball. And when it comes to the salary cap, 
depending on what year it is, you can kind of move move a player a little bit more quicker. I think in baseball, when you've got these guaranteed, con- and I know that hockey's got guaranteed contracts too, uh, but when it comes to baseball and the amount of money that's given to some of these guys, all guaranteed, no no salary cap, and you're you're kind of working in those parameters, it does change things. I also think it's a little bit, and Jamie Crockett went for a long on this. I, I also think there's from a prospect standpoint. You have to be, you have to be a little bit more patient with prospects too. I mean, you, you could you're talking about potentially four or five years, depending on when you get this guy, and then when you do, it's Jordan Walker, and he's light years ahead of it. Yet you don't know if he's going to create an impact at 21 years old. I think in hockey, with the with the way that you could do a lot of the line combinations, it makes things maybe a little bit more easier to see the, see what the future is, as opposed to in baseball, you're like. I'm gonna. I think my roster is gonna look like this in five years or this in three years, and you're hoping these prospects don't get hurt and they do develop on the timeline that you you kind of had earmarked for them, and that that's got to be factored in as well. But I do think the 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 thought process, Jamie, of Doug Armstrong, maybe moving on a little bit quicker from guys or knowing what his team is and is not, I think that that might be the other big difference. Doug Armstrong saying last year, I'm not winning a cup. I mean, I don't even make the playoffs. I have to get assets for this year. Or, I'm sorry, for next year. Whereas Mosellock is looking at it and saying, well, we got time. We got time. I do think there's a little bit of a difference there, too. His army's more aggressive. Yeah, and we'll see, too. Okay, so John Mosellock has not had to have been aggressive in the last handful of years. He hasn't because the team has been right there at the top of the division, either in the wild card or winning the division. So... In fairness to Mo right now, we'll have to see what he does this year. When it comes time for the trade deadline, when crunch time is here, what will Mo ultimately decide to do? If the Cardinals are still 10 games back or there's no real hope of them, will he do what Army did? Will I don't he, think he will. But I, yeah, it's a good I, question. I don't think it's fine will. to think that, but we don't have the answer until that moment is upon us. And I think that that's what will really kind of give us our answer as to what, you know, what style of president that Mo is as opposed to Army. Army said, you know what, screw it, we're liquidating. And so we'll see this year at the trade deadline, if the Cardinals are not in it, if they're not part of the discussion for the division, how do the Cardinals proceed? And I think the difference could be this year, you look at what Army did at that trade deadline, Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. According to the Magic 8. Time to play the Magic 8 ball. Marsh is going to read off a statement. Then he's going to go to the Magic 8 ball. And whatever the Magic 8 ball reads, well, Jamie and I got to fall in line, basically, with whatever the statement says. Marsh, take it away. All right, let's do it. Let's start off. Oh, Magic 8-Ball, does Jordan Hicks finish the season as the closer? Anthony. Outlook good. Well, look, he's got got three saves on the year. Three saves on the year. All three in the last three games. He has stepped up. He's throwing 103 with movement. He's answered the call every single time. Ryan Helsley is where? On the IL. Again. Banged up. Again. Giovanni Gallegos has been good for you. 
unfortunately. I don't know if it's a fatigue fatigue thing or anything like that, but there's a bit of an issue here with, with Gallegos lately. Still quality. He could still be 7 eighth. He could be a setup guy. But Jordan Hicks is your closer now for the foreseeable future based on what he's done recently. We also know he's got the stuff. He's got the talents. Mm-hmm. He'll prove that he's got the mental side of it as well, I hope. Go ahead, Marsh. Jamie. Very doubtful. Yeah, this uh, we talk. You just mentioned the mental side of it, Anthony. Uh, that Jordan Hicks, his biggest enemy, has been himself at times, where he gets inside of his own dome and, you know, for whatever reason, can't find the strike zone or finds bats consistently. So, uh, you know, good thing that they do have Helsley that will be back at one point and take some of that burden off of Jordan Hicks. So. I think that also there's going to be some fatigue that sets in. Jordan Hicks wanted to build up as a starter last year and have his opportunity, but we know that didn't go well. And then at times feels like he's overused. And so, therefore, that doesn't really paint a positive picture for me. Him going three games in a row like he has right now, I think that that's a a unicorn. I don't know if we see that very much more out of Jordan Hicks. So I, I don't see him finishing up this season as the closer. I think that Helsley and Geo will share that duty. Oh, Magic 8-Ball is Skip Schumacher. The ingredient this coaching staff is missing. Jamie cannot predict now. So what was that question? Is Skip Schumacher the ingredient this coaching staff is missing? And what's the thing say? The Magic 8-Ball says cannot predict now. Yeah, it's pretty tough to predict based on the fact that the season isn't over for either team. Skip Schumacher's doing a pretty good job down with the Marlins, but you know, who knows? That could implode on him uh, very quickly, and all of a sudden that doesn't look like you know the the great job that uh, we all think it is. And also, Ali Marmol, you know, ninety six ninety six wins last year for the Cardinals, and what if he's able to? turn it around this year and somehow get the Cardinals to win the division. Uh, so yeah, Skip Schumacher um, you know, was a nice addition and not all that stuff, but it's still, for me, it comes down to the players executing. Uh, at the end of the day, that's really what matters. 93, by the way. Sorry. Thanks a lot for sewer. It's 93. Anthony? Whatever. My sources say no. Well, no. I mean, look, it's a nice start for the Marlins. It's always a nice start for the Marlins. You know where they wind up? In the bottom of the division every single year, unless the Nationals are terrible, then the Marlins are fourth. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Skip, great, great guy. Love Skip. Love Skip both on the field and off the field. As a manager, as a bench coach, Skip is is fantastic. But I've, I've said this before, guys. The manager, tends, we tend to overrate the manager. We tend to, to put it all on the manager when it's a player's game. Miami's got better pitching right now than the Cardinals. That's why Miami's where they're at, and the Cardinals are where they're at. Yes, the manager matters. Yes, Skip is doing a good job. But we, again, we over we overrate the job day-to-day of the manager. Skip, nice work. Cardinals stink because the players aren't executing. Uh, by the way, people forget I had the Marlins in the playoffs at the beginning of the oh, year. Oh, nice. Nice job, Marsh. You guys oh. made fun of me. Yeah, we will do yeah. it when they're in fourth. Oh, yeah, we'll okay. see how that one works out. <laughs> oh, Magic 8-Ball was letting Alex Petrangelo walk a franchise-altering decision. Anthony, most likely. 
Of course it is. Of course it was. Of course it was. This is not even a discussion. Do we just see that Alex Petrangelo helped the Vegas Golden Knights hoist their first ever Stanley Cup? What other team did he help hoist the first ever Stanley Cup in franchise history? Oh, that's right, the Blues. And you see the series of moves that have happened since allowing Alex Petrangelo to walk. You went out before that and you got Justin Falk. Then you had to get Tory Krug. And oh, three years later, you still needed Tor- You still needed Nick Letty. Then because you needed Nick Letty to come back, he allowed David Perron to walk. Of course it was a franchise-altering move. You've been trying to... Ever since Petro walked out the door, you've been trying to sign Alex Petrangelo. No question, Magic 8-Ball. No question. Jamie. Very doubtful. Yeah, I can't even fake this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Magic 8-Ball. I Come can't on, even man. fake it. What are you talking about? This I'm is not, the game. Suppo- okay, so now I'm supposed to argue against the thing I've been telling everyone for two or three years now? Yes. <laughs> All right. For one segment, there's no way you could be a hypocrite. Sure. Okay. So... Alex Petrangelo leaves your organization. You still have a team, Anthony, a team of players. And so, you know, no one individual in a team sport like hockey should have that much of an impact. I mean, if that's the case, then the Edmonton Oilers would be winning every year because they have the greatest player on earth in Connor McDavid. But what happens? The team fails Connor McDavid. Uh, so at this point, when Army decided to move on, or Alex Petrangelo, whoever you ask, uh, they didn't come to a contract agreement. You still had a full team of players that were supposed to get the job done. And you were fortunate enough to have traded for Justin Falk, just in case. And um, then you were lucky enough that Tory Krug was available and you pivoted quickly and signed him. And then why not add a nice, smooth skating, puck-moving defenseman like Nick Letty? You look at that, you get three defensemen for the price of one. Uh, I think if you look at it that way, you're way ahead of the game, Anthony. Now we're talking. Good job, Jamie. Oh, that was well painful. done. Hey, well Jamie. done, but you did it. You, you got the assignment, and you did it. I feel it. dirty. Jamie, as you would always say, well said. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Oh, Magic 8-Ball. Last one here. The Blues would be much better off to trade their picks for some players rather than actually pick the players at this upcoming draft. Jamie. Yes. I'll just a flat out yes. They'd be better to pick the players mm-hmm. or to get the players instead of the picks? Trade the picks. For players. Yes, absolutely. Now, the reason being is you, you have a known commodity. I've said this several times. Army has targeted the age bracket that he's looking for, that 25 to 29-year-old player. And that's what's going to help your team get this retool. If you're going to use the picks, then you're kind of in a rebuild at that point. If you're going to forego acquiring better players that can help your team and just rely upon some of the youth, and then you know you you hope and you pray that a year or two or three down the road, do those those draft picks become an NHL player? I'm always about certainty. Uh, I, I'd much rather know the outcome than to hope for an outcome. So for me, it's yes, trade some of these picks, get some established players, and continue your retool on the fly like Army's already started. Anthony, better not tell you now. Yeah, because if I tell you now, with the information that I have, it sets the Blues back a week from now. So I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it to the Blues front office and Doug Armstrong and 
uh, everybody that has worked so hard on the draft plan, mm-hmm. but you're gonna be you're gonna be delighted, Blues fans, when it's all said and done. That's really nice of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got our sports six pack coming up in about 15 minutes. If you got a question for us, send it in the Air Covered Service text line at 314-399-9646. But coming up next, could this be the Cardinals' best defensive alignment? We're gonna give you that alignment and discuss it next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We've watched them be in a big mess before. And they got their way out of it and went on to win two World Series. So I'm thinking that they can do it again. I have all kinds of faith in them. I never lose the faith. Don't lose the faith, Jamie. <laughs> I know it's a, you're a lost cause, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Janet, right again. I was waiting for it. She had, she had a nice she had a nice pause there. I figured something was coming, and she absolutely dropped the hammer on me. Well done, Janet. Uh, with Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Janet, we know we know she answered the text message last night when the Cardinals texted her and said, "You up?" She just said, "Hashtag always." That was her that was her response. Absolutely to the Cardinals. Hashtag don't sleep. Hashtag ready for you, Cardinals. So yeah, Janet hasn't lost the faith. Unlike uh, unlike myself, I guess. Jamie, you haven't lost the faith. No. You're right back in there. I'm back in, baby. I don't have pitching, but, you know, hey. <laughs> they didn't have what pitching to start well, Jamie with. Loves the Jamie <laughs> loves the D. I do. You know, that's they what we're going to talk D. about. Oh, yesterday the D was fantastic. Yeah. It really was. The alignment was great. Uh-huh. It was. Yeah, you're right. Could this Top be the, the bottom. Yep. Could this be the Cardinals' best defensive alignment, guys? At least the one they had yesterday. Tommy Edmund yeah, I was just saying, I don't know if Short Walker gives me my best defensive <laughs> no. That's what I said yesterday when he was the DH. I still don't believe that to be true, though, yesterday. What do we have yesterday? I can't remember now because, God. So you had, Edmund, you had Edmund in center field. Center field. Yeah. You had Donovan in left. You had Newt in right. Yeah. Now, Newt's not in the lineup tonight. Uh, Arnado at short. You had DeYoung at... I'm sorry, Arnado at third, DeYoung at short, Gorman at second, Goldie at first, and Contreras is your catcher. Yeah, I don't think that's the best defensive alignment. I really don't. Um, I think that your best overall defensive alignment is Dylan Carlson or Newt at center field. Uh, and so I, I wrote down this Donovan in left field, DC in center field, Newt in right field. Uh, Arenado, DeYoung, Edmund at second base, and Goldie at first. I believe that to be your best defensive group. Yeah, we're. Pro- I mean, we're probably splitting hairs a little bit with some of this. A little bit. Do, all right, let me ask you this: Are you are you okay with that defensive alignment? The like, one I feel, just said. Or no, the no, other the, the other. Yeah, one? I'm fine with that. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not sitting here digging my heels and be like I strongly yeah. disagree. I mean, Nolan Gorman is a drop-off from Tommy Edmund at second base. Mm-hmm. He is. And Donovan, for that matter. Yeah, you're right. However, 
you know, it, it, it's not that much of a drop-off. Yeah, he's fine at second base. He's not a liability. When he first came up, I know there was a little bit last year. When he first came up last year, I know there was a little bit of a, okay, can he actually play second base? And it got a little, it was a little shaky there, a little but he stuck with at it. times. He stuck with it. He got, he got his, you know, he got his practice sessions in, and he is more than competent now at second base. I don't know if he ever wins a gold glove, but you don't necessarily need that. When Mason Wynn comes up, and hopefully it's for next year, if not at the end of this year, if Mason Wynn is your shortstop, are you okay with Tommy Edmond being your center fielder? Of course. I am. You know, if Gorman if Gorman's at second and Edmonds your, is your center fielder and Wynn is your shortstop of the future, I'm okay with that. Tommy Edmond gets excellent jumps. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but that's not over that's not incredibly necessary when it comes to to, to play in center field. I'm fine with it. And it's crazy because Edmund, again, as you kind of alluded to, we won a gold glove at second base. But yeah. he has he has been very impressive in center field. I don't mind Donovan in left, given the current roster you have. That's the key. If you have better defenders, then we can start talking about whether or not playing Donovan in one of the corner outfield spots is your best defensive lineman. But for this roster, I'm fine with this with with these guys. Dylan Carlson is the odd man out as of right now. But if DeYoung goes in a major funk, then I think you start then you then I think you see Edmund coming back to to shortstop, Carlson in center field, and that's that is another way you can go here. But for the foreseeable future, Donovan might be in the corner outfield spot. Because you, you want to keep Gorman in your lineup, obviously. You don't have much of a choice right now. You know, you, you kind of have to do that, especially if you're gonna if you are gonna put out your best defensive alignment. Because Jordan Walker, I made the comment yesterday that I think that moving into the latter part of this season, next season, and certain beyond, certainly beyond that, I think he's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal athlete. He's a phenomenal baseball player. He's an infielder that they've converted to be an outfielder, and he's still learning, and he's learning on the fly at the major league level. Um, so I think that he'll end up being fine. But for this year, he's not your best defensive choice. Right. By, by a long shot. By a long shot. Yeah. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, we have the Sports Six Pack coming up next. So if you got a question for us, 314-399-9646, that's the Air Comfort Service text line. Send it in. Sports Six Pack next on the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. 504, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jewel with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Time for the Sports Six Pack. Question one, please. Question number one. All right, I found this interesting um, because I, I think that the listener might be wrong, but from the 573, how do you guys justify stealing that win from Sam? And this listener's talking about the gauntlet. I don't think we did what do we steal i don't know if i understand that to be jamie had all four questions right using the options and he was the closest to the tiebreaker yeah yeah it was four four going into the tiebreaker jamie had 68 real answer was 66 sam said 33 open and shut case yeah i'm fine with whatever happened because uh 
I, I, I mean, all I did was answer the question. I mean, if you have any sort of evidence that you, uh, you know, want to make, great. I'll hear it. But as far as my client is concerned, there's a lot of baseless claims coming out from you, the texter, right now. So if there's if there's nothing else that's uh, any sort of evidence that comes through my office right now, yeah. um, then we're just uh, we're we're done with the matter. Thank you. Well said. Question number two from the six one eight. Could the London series help the cards get back on track? It's something none of the guys have experienced, and while the games still count, maybe they'll have more fun not only playing but taking in the new environment. I couldn't agree more. Marsh, did you text us in? <laughs> that's just, yeah, no, this is Marsh's whole thing. If I did, it would have said Marsh's burner, but that's somebody else. Yeah, I did not text that in. Yeah, I think it could help. The other thing that would help would be winning. That that does help. That's a very good point, Anthony. You can go out there. You can bond. I understand the the, the base the basis of the question. I get it. You go out there, bond, come together as a team, come back refreshed. All that makes sense. If you don't go out there and win, though, I don't think I don't think losing bonds a team much. Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're right, Anthony. You're 100 percent right on that. Yeah, winning cures everything. Everything. Question three, please. Question number three from the five seven three in an alternate timeline where COVID nineteen does not happen in the 2019-2020 regular season and Stanley Cup happens as originally scheduled, I firmly believe the Blues would have repeated as Stanley Cup champions. To me, this is the biggest what if in STL sports history. What would you guys add to that list of what ifs and would you and would any go above the 2020 Blues? Um, Man, that's a good one. The Blues were playing so well that season. Yeah, they were. And I definitely think they would have made it back to the Cup. Um, where it goes from there, who knows? Um, but as far as other things that have happened in St. Louis sports history, uh, I don't believe this to be you know, a thing. But I know a lot of people here in St. Louis do. Probably want to go back to that Super Bowl against the Patriots, and if they could have just somehow stopped maybe videotaping mm. of the practice. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. <sighs> the Rams would probably like to have that do-over. Along the same lines, we kind of all know how the the greatest show on turf unfolded. Where you know, I think there's there's a sense of hey, I I want credit. I I should have had the credit. I should if if there was. If 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 people weren't so worried about the credit that was given to the greatest show on turf, I think that window would have been open enough for you to win multiple Super Bowls. That one, if the Patriots aren't videotaping your practices, certainly. But I mean, three. I think they. I think everybody kind of got caught up in. You know, it was my team. It was this. It was that. It was my offense. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think there's another interesting one, too, here. You know, what does the Blues history look like, and do they get a Stanley Cup before 2019 if Wayne Gretzky is never forced out of the door by Mike Keenan? You know, what is that team? Because if you follow the, the path, the trajectory of that lineup, still, I can tell you this from my own experience, like, we had a really good teams. We ran into some juggernauts in Detroit and in Dallas and some teams like that, but... 
you know, if Wayne Gretzky sticks around, what does it look like in the late 90s? So it's just something to chew on. Ponder. What if, uh, what if the Cardinals don't pitch to David Ortiz ha! in 2013? Which time? Well, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, or if, one. like, what if the Red Sox are not even in the 2004 World Series? What if it's the Yankees? What if they won game seven? Well, then you wouldn't yeah. have had to pitch to Ortiz, that's for sure. Well, he's saying that's the... I, Anthony, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Shh. Okay, all right. Fish on. I'm the worst. Fish on. I'm the worst. <laughs> ah, you ruined it. Question number four. <laughs> I'm three, one, four. If Army gets a strong indication none of the defensemen will move on, will move in the offseason, does that mean we keep all three first-round picks this year? Plan for the future, question mark. No. No, I don't think it matters. I think that uh, even if you can't move one of those defensemen, then you continue to build your team with a good roster. And if your defense is not going to be top of the line, and again, guys, I, I will highlight this part of it. Last year was not pretty from a defensive core standpoint for the St. Louis Blues. But the year before was fine. And it was a lot of the same parts. You know, Nick Letty was added at the deadline. He had a big impact for the Blues in that playoff series. So when I when I look at this, and I hope, like, what if it's an outlier? What if Tory Krug comes back and you know he's running the top five power play again? Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Letty finds the game that he, he found his game towards the end of the season last year with Colton Pareko. They started playing better. So the answer. If you can't move a defenseman, or if you choose not to because it's too difficult and you have the no trade clauses to deal with, you know, maybe this defensive core uh, can play to what they should be playing. And then what you do is you add pieces to your forward group that are going to complement your defensive core. So even if you still have a feeling of like, ah, we could still be better or we're not as strong as we think, add players that help those guys in because Craig Berube has been on these very airwaves several times talking about five-man units and that the you know, the whole game starts with the four-check and the neutral zone, the backside pressure from the forwards, the five-man in the defensive zone, then find the right five guys. That includes the defensemen and the forwards. Question number five. From the 314, do you think Luis Arise hitting 400 for the year will be more captivating than what Aaron Judge did last year? No. <laughs> this goes back to the age-old argument no. of, not even the, the age-old statement of chicks dig the long ball. That's just the bottom line right there. You, you're, you're not tuning in to see uh, Arias go and go one for one for three on the night with you know, a couple of singles up the middle. You don't think they like him slapping the ball around? I mean, I think they do. Some do. Some people are more into that, for sure, Marshy. Uh, I would agree with you on that. Um, but I think that people tune in for the home runs. Correct. Question number six. From the 314. The division is definitely winnable. Who do the Cardinals trade of value to shore up the rotation? Is it Dylan Carlson? For wow. me, no, nobody nobody outside of Jordan Walker is untouchable. Yeah, but he, I think the question I think is more geared towards you're in the discussion now. You have a chance to win the division. Who oh. on the who on your current roster gives you that extra push with getting a starting pitcher of some kind? 
Like, uh, but you still want to stay in contention. Yeah, Dylan Carlson. I'd say Paul DeYoung. I think if Paul DeYoung continues on the trajectory that he's on right now, he's going to be in that 20 home run category. Reliable shortstop. I don't want to trade Dylan Carlson. That's why I'm not saying that's a wrong answer. I think you get a lot for Dylan Carlson. I'd rather put Tommy Edmond back at shortstop and have Paul DeYoung maybe go fetch me some kind of a starter. Maybe you got to maybe you got to attach a prospect to it at mm-hmm. the same time. Like not a top prospect, obviously. That would be my my thought. I would trade Dylan Carlson a year ago. What are we getting? You know, that's what's what kind of pitcher are we talking about? So Dylan Carlson would interest a lot of teams. Tommy Edmond would interest a lot of teams. Brendan Donovan may interest some teams. Paul DeYoung might interest some teams. It's kind of what you're looking at. I wonder if you're looking at a package like, let's just say Shane Bieber is our guy, right? Cleveland, their offense is terrible other than like one guy. Cleveland, you know, at this, if, they're, if they're trading Shane Bieber, they're going to want a mix of prospects that are young pitchers mm-hmm. and position players. I'm not giving up any of my pitching. I don't have enough mm-hmm. as it is. So I'm not giving up any pitching. You got to, de- if they want a big league player, you're going to have to deplete deplete some of that outfield depth. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. That's your sports six-pack. How much can one player's success motivate an entire team? Let's talk about that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You guys are looking at it all wrong. The Cardinals and I have a marriage, and I don't give up on that. You guys are looking at it like it's a girlfriend. All right, a little judge, a little judgy, but uh, well said nonetheless. Maybe Marshall, you have a fear of commitment. Yeah. You, know, you just never know that. That was Steve. Hmm. I'm just going to put him as judgy, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but good point, Steve. You're right. You're right. Uh, we're talking about today. The text message that uh, we all got as Cardinals fans last night following the third straight win for the Cardinals. That is a winning streak. Of course, it was done in a manner in which they came back and gave everybody a little excitement. Everybody felt good going to bed last night. Then about 2 a.m., Jamie, you got the text. Mm -hmm. At first, you were startled. You looked over. You looked over the phone. Who the hell is texting me at 2 a.m.? Then you saw it. You saw the happy. You saw the one bird, then you saw the second bird, and realized there was a bat under him. Absolutely. It's Cardinals. One text, two words, no punk, no punctuation. You up. So throughout the course of the show today, we were talking, we asked you, are you back in? Are you back in on this toxic relationship? Janet's all in. She said she still believes. She's right there with you. Jamie said, don't believe. Me? I'm skeptical. I'm looking out for you. And I'm looking out for Cardinals fans. Uh, I, feel I like think there's some selfish reasons. I don't th- I'm not being selfish on this, Jamie. I see I see the situation for what it is. They don't have pitching. They don't have enough pitching. They don't play enough quality defense. I'm not going to be fooled by three games. It's not it's not about believing. It's about knowing in your heart that what we're seeing 
is just one of those toxic push-pull situations. It's not real. Is it a sham? It's not real, Marsh. Anthony, a couple things. One, the pitching hasn't changed since the beginning of the season. Exactly. Okay? It's fine. Um, And I just said I believed in them to come back and possibly win the division. I didn't say I believed in them to do much more than that. Did you 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 just hear yourself? Finally. Just come back and win the division. (laughs) He said a no. They're not playing well. He said a nonchalant. Yeah. Just all I said was that they could come back and win it all. I I totally agree with him. Mm. Well, and although the D... You're part of the problem. You're an enabler. And although the D is trending upward, Mm. which is what we're always looking for, uh, you know, they still have some strides to make there. They're still not at their full capacity of playing the... I think a D can make strides. Yeah, they can. In the right direction. For sure. But the Cardinals are known for their D. Years of it. They'll get back on track. They'll firm it up. Well said, Jamie. How much can one player's success motivate an entire team? Jamie, you've been in real locker rooms before. What do you think? Well, I think there's a couple different ways to look at it. Is that you got guys that work extremely hard that maybe are role players within your clubhouse or your locker room. And when they struggle, you hate to see it because, you know, guys like that, they they sit on the bench or they get healthy scratched or and you see them working and working and working, the team's not playing well, you feel like you're part of, partly responsible for this guy who you like very, very much as a teammate. But then when a guy like that has some success, scores a big goal or scores two goals, hits a couple of ding-dong Johnsons, you know, whatever sport you're picking right now, that always seems to motivate the group. It's, a, it's an energy that they provide to the group at that point where you're like, yes, and you start to play a little harder and you start to get after a little more. And so I, I think that that side of it is one way to look at it. The other side of it is it doesn't always have to be like somebody that's even popular in the clubhouse. It doesn't even have to be like, because I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but not all guys in the clubhouse or locker room actually like each other. What? I know, I know, I know. So at the end of the day, what they do like is when people do their jobs. So that's motivating too. So in a situation where let's just say it's a, a pitcher, a starting pitcher or a closer, and it's a guy that you're like, I don't it's not that you don't like him, you're not boys, you're not bros or anything. And he's been struggling for three, four outings, and it's cost the team a couple of runs or it's cost him some games. All of a sudden he starts to catch fire. It's amazing what that does for a team. You don't care. It's not that you're happy for that individual. You're happy that you're able to win games, and mm-hmm. that's motivating. Or you're happy that that player has made a play or done something on the ice or on the field that sets your team up for the opportunity to win games. That can motivate a team at the same time. Well, that plays perfectly into this uh, audio clip that Marsh just dug up. Mike Claiborne was on the opening drive today. Here's Claves on how Jordan Hicks, Jamie, yes, Jordan Hicks, is rubbing off on the team. Now, think about this. He's the first Cardinal closer since someone, oh, who's pitched three days in a row. I think he understands this is a, a crowning moment in his career. He's unrestricted after this year. I think he's also sending a message to the rest of the team that, hey, I got this. You know what? When you have a hammer like that, everybody else on the team feels like, man, if we can get this to the ninth inning, we're going to be okay. That's right. Jordan Hicks has a hammer. 103, Marsh. 103 hammer. Not afraid to use it either. 
as we saw the last three days. I like what he said. I like what Clay said. I do too. This is a big moment for Jordan Hicks. This is a a career-defining moment. And if you're not going to break that hammer out now in the most pivotal moments, when are you going to break out that hammer? Jamie, you know, this is his time. He's been given a golden opportunity. What are you going to do with it? He's been given a gift. Are you not going to use it? You're not going to take care of it? You're not going to take advantage of that? I think we've said it all. What do we got next? Biggest question of the day here on 101 ESPN. Hammer time. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, time for the biggest question of the day in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalzer. Here's Andrew Marsh. All right, we got a question from Jake. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about Noah Hannafin. If that name sparked your interest, Jamie, if the Blues would take him, uh, make a deal for him, and he can be a part of your left side, this one involves the forward group. So Jake asked, I have a question for Jamie. Would he have any appetite for a deal involving Pierre-Luc Dubois? Um, hmm. I'd have to think. I think if I was Doug Armstrong, I would have to do some research on this. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of willed his way out of Columbus. Now he wants out of Winnipeg. Uh, I think I would have to make sure that I'm getting a quality individual coming to my team as far as a player is concerned he fits the uh he fits the bill for what you need he's a big t- strong good scoring center iceman it's exactly what the doctor ordered but you know what does he do to your locker room what does he do to your culture and, and i ask these questions because i don't know i've never really done any background check on pierre luc dubois uh, he might be one of the best guys ever and he's just been in situations where it hasn't worked out Or maybe he's part of the problem in in each stop that he's had so far in his young career. So I think if I'm Doug Armstrong, I look at the player and and say to myself that, yes, absolutely that player can help this group. It certainly speeds along things as far as the the good old retool uh, is concerned. But, you know, uh, it it can't be at the expense of the group ultimately. And and I think Army's very aware of those things. I think that Army makes very calculated decisions to not upset the apple cart too much within his team. And when I look at uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, he's a restricted free agent. So that means that the Winnipeg Jets would have to offer him a qualifying offer in order to retain his rights. And they will. His AAV last year was $3.3 million. He's probably in line for a bit of a raise. Um, so we'll see what, what that price tag looks like. He had 63 points in 73 games last season, 27 goals, 77 penalty minutes. So, again, he fits the bill for exactly what you're looking for. I think he's going to be quite expensive. I don't know how you'd fit him in underneath the salary cap, especially if he's... Uh, Actually, let me take that back. Last year in 21-22, 22-23, he had $6 million was his AAV. Yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. 
he's going to be way too expensive. So, like the player from a uh, on-ice standard, don't know much about him in the locker room, uh, but that salary cap, that's a, that's a salary cap buster, that salary. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stoltzer, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We need a beat-the-streak contestant, unfortunately, for our guy. It was Jim, wasn't it? It was Bill. Bill. Wild Bill. Bill, that's right. Bill lost last Friday. He did tie the listener, beat the streak, Mark, though, which is eight. Yeah, that was previously set by Tanner, uh, T-Bone 2.0. It's a tough game. I know Jamie said it's easy. It's an easy game. But... I don't think it's that easy. I don't think it is. Because I lost last night. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? Yeah. I had the newt. Oh, that's right. Now the newt's benched. I called it in. I don't say that. said, hey, Ollie, that guy failed me. Right. He's out. That guy failed me. Thus, he failed all of us. Yeah. He did. 314-399-9646. Just text in BTS for Beat the Streak. Do you, you think you might have uh, opportunity to play. do you think Newt's out because McKenzie Gore is a lefty? Like we've seen him bat multiple times against left-handed throwers. Like who knows? I mean, it, it might be a situation where how many games in a row did Newt play in Memphis? Before yeah, coming back. It, this is might be a it might be the lefty. It might be get you know here here's your here's an opportunity. Also, Dylan Carlson did not play yesterday. Yeah, so. You get him back in the lineup. Here is your lineup tonight. If you're looking for it, the Cardinals take on the Nationals at 6.05 at Nationals Park. And it's a little bit different look than it was yesterday. Tommy Evans leading off playing center field. Paul Goldschmidt is hitting second and playing first. Nolan Arenado is actually hitting third tonight. He's playing third. Wilson Contreras is your cleanup hitter. He's, he's the DH. Jordan Walker is in left, and he's hitting fifth. Dylan Carlson, after not playing yesterday, is in right field, hitting sixth. Paul DeYoung is your shortstop. He's hitting seventh. Andrew Kisner is behind the plate. He's your catcher, hitting eighth. And Brendan Donovan. I think I said Wilson Contreras is behind the plate. If I did that, I apologize. He's, D- he's the DH. Brendan Donovan is the ninth hitter. And he is your second baseman. We in, we were included. I was included in a, a, a tweet from our guy Swan. Speaking of Jordan Walker, first time that he was called up versus the second time he was called up. Here's the numbers, and this is from Cardinal Stats and Facts on Twitter. The first time he was called up, he was hitting 274. The rest of the slash line looked like this: 321, 397, and 718. He had a 25.6% strikeout rate the first time he was called up, 3.8% walk rate with a hard hit percentage of 358 He's now hitting 339. The rest of the slash line is 422, 607 with a with a OPS of over 1000. His strikeout rate is down to 15.6%, Jamie. 25.6% was the strikeout rate when he was up for the first time. He goes down to Memphis. He comes back up. 15.6% now. His walk rate has gone from 3.8% to 10.9%. So in other words, he's striking out way less. He's walking way more. And he's hitting the the, the ball hard. 35.8% was his hard, hard, uh, rate, hard hit rate the first time he was up. 50% was his hard hit rate now. Is his hard hit rate now. Wasn't a popular opinion to send him down, Jamie, but it has it has worked. He looks like a different player. He's also admitted it. John Denton had the article over the weekend talking about 
the demotion for Jordan Walker, and he had said, I needed I needed a little bit of a wake-up call. This is a humble kid as it is. 21 years old, made the team as a 20-year-old, in yeah. part because he battled through adversity. And that was that was one thing that, that some Cardinals fans really clinged on. Hey, if he made the team after battling through adversity, why wouldn't you leave him up when he's battling through adversity? Not to mention the, the, the 12-game hitting streak. The Cardinals saw things in his game that they wanted him to improve on. They recognized with the team losing that he probably wasn't going to accomplish that at the big league level, so they sent him down. If we're using the numbers alone, and I just read those to you, if, you, if, we're, if we're using the numbers alone to evaluate whether or not that was a good idea, it's a no-brainer. So, great job to Jordan Walker. Old. He's 20 years old. There's no guarantee. Just because I said he deals well with adversity doesn't mean you never you never give him any adversity anymore. Definitely. Oh, you handled that test. Take that adversity. You'll never have that again in your life. Right. Oh, You're done. On. You're good. Come on. He's playing well, though. He's I like playing it. great. I like seeing his success. Um, I like seeing a young guy like that that is able to carve out his own path. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing is being handed to him. Nothing. He, he came out of spring training. He earned his his spot. Then when the season started, he earned each and every one of those opportunities because he kept hitting. Yep. And then it started to go sideways. And this is what I think our listeners have to understand too, and Cardinals fans have to understand, is it wasn't a great environment. They were losing in all sorts of different ways. And the older players and the veteran guys – you know, they're probably in their own heads. They're probably showing up to the ballpark completely ticked off. And you notice a few things. Go down to Memphis. Work on it. Mm-hmm. Go. Go be the big dog in the yard for yep. a couple weeks and figure some things out. We'll try to figure things out on our end up here. Then we bring you back. You know, we expect to see good results. And these results have been great. Here's the other thing, too, Jamie. He was When he first got sent down, it's not like he he caught fire right away. He no, was struggling he in Memphis. Yeah, he was struggling in Memphis, which is another indication that he needed to work on some things. Now he had also admit he also noted I shouldn't say admitted he had, he also noted at one point that he wanted to get back to the player the hitter that he was, and one of those aspects is hey, if I'm not putting the ball in play, I'm not who I am. So I think with that mentality, uh, coupled with the Cardinals, whatever pro- whatever kind of tweaks they made to his his swing, has yielded these results. So good on Jordan Walker, good on the Cardinals. They're both reaping the re- rewards, and hopefully tonight, Jamie, Jordan Montgomery gets a little little offense because he's three and seven on the year with the three nine one ERA. For all intents and purposes, I think the Cardinals hitters uh, they don't like him. It's like having a goaltender. That <laughs> is a backup, and you play harder for him than the of course than the starter. That's exactly, it's a clear course. indication that his teammates don't like him. Mm. So interesting. It's mm-hmm. my thoughts on that. Jordan yeah. Walker tonight. Hello, Pose. Mackenzie Gore's the Cardinals and Nationals continue their series at six oh five. We've got beat the streak. What you missed? Criticisms, compliments. Next on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. Baseball. All of my successes depend on me. You're ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming. And it's first big league. 
Play beat the streak in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. This is where we compete with you, the listener, to try to uh, advance our streak or start a new one in the case of our, our latest contestant here. Uh, and all you have to do is pick a guy to get a hit. That's it. Uh, but we do go in an order, and the order is if you've got the longest streak, you get to choose first. We do have a new contestant who is Keith. Keith, your listener record right now is eight. You think you could do it? Yeah, I think I can. All right, that a boy. All right, so Keith is going to hang on here. Jamie had his streak reset yesterday because, unfortunately, he had Lars Newbar. So Jamie now goes to the bottom of the pile. Marsh, did you continue yours? No, I didn't either. Jamie had a longer streak than me, too, so so he'll go go before me. All right, so it's me. What do I have, three or something? Yeah, you're at three. Okay, so I got three. So it's me, Keith, Jamie, and then Marsh. So my selection today... To get a hit will be Tommy Edmond. I'm going to take Tommy Edmond. Keith, you're up. I'm just going to have to go with uh, Nolan Arenado. There you go. So Keith's got Nolan Arenado. Jamie gave us a list before he took off today. And uh, the top of his list was Goldie. So he's got Goldschmidt. So far, all Cardinals. Does Marsh take the first national? Well, Anthony, I'm thinking about it. I'm really thinking about it. I'm not going to do it, though. All right. Not going to do it. I'm going to go with Brendan Donovan. All right. There you have it. So I took Tommy Edmond. Keith took Arnado. Jamie took Goldie. And Marsh took Donovan. Keith, good luck to you, man. Hopefully we talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, sir. All right. There you have it. Have a good night. Good night. Let's beat the streak here on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast. Available at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Our main theme throughout the course of the day today was we all got the same text message last night from the Cardinals. It was about 2 a.m. And all it said was, you up. We heard from you. A lot of people, I think, Marsh is kind of buying in. Buying back in, despite the fact that the Cardinals have... Giving you nothing but a one crap sandwich after another. This three-game winning streak, well, it's fired people up. Including yourself. Yeah. I think it's the vision, though. I, I really do. So yours is more kind of like a selfish thing? Yeah. Yeah, I really I really need this vision to come true, you to be, be honest. Right. I, well, I want to be right, but I, I want the, you know, the, the good people of St. Louis to have a good summer, too, you know? Okay. I feel like in order for that to happen, the Cardinals have to be somewhat relevant. And in contention. Uh, yeah, you got you got pretty good uh, rational thinking there on that. So, you know, I'm just I'm here for the people, Anthony. Yeah, you are you are a people man, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. We also discussed Jack Flaherty's latest outing, what it what it means. Got into a little football. Could a Dalvin Cook DeAndre Hopkins pairing this offseason? They go to the same team. Could that change the? Uh, could that in, impact a team? Jamie and I both landed on the same two teams. We gave one for the NFC and one AFC. Again, you can check that out on the podcast. We talked about the Cardinals, whether or not the defense that we saw yesterday was the best defensive alignment based on the roster that they have. They had a a really good competitive gauntlet. We talked about the differences between the Cardinals and Blues from a front office standpoint. And we also played the Magic 8-Ball, very popular game in which Marsh reads us a question. And based on the reaction of the uh, the answer of the Magic 8-Ball, that's how Jamie and I have to base 
our statement on it. So always, always fun, always popular. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yes, the 2 a.m. text, Anthony. You said that basically you wouldn't respond. You know, you don't believe. Uh, the 618 says, I'm calling BS. I don't care who it is. Any guy gets a you up text at 2 o'clock, he's answering that damn text. Well, but uh, in fairness, though, I mean, it's the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have just given us nothing but misery. Nothing but misery. At some point, we gotta we have to have some healthy boundaries. Okay, we have to start taking stock of ourselves. What's important? Uh, you're right. I yep. Two a.m. text. It's yeah, probably, yep. it's a tough okay. one. Nah. Yeah. Mm. More I started talking, uh, Marsh, the more I realized that uh, this texture is probably right. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, from the six one eight, they might be toxic, but I feel like I can change them. <laughs> that's part. <laughs> that's part of the toxic relationship, yeah. right there. I mean, in a nutshell. You said that perfectly. You think you can change them. You know there's something going on. The behavior isn't right. Cardinals have given you nothing but disappointment, but you yourself think I can change them if I believe enough. I like that she admitted that. I like that one. I like that one for sure. Uh, This one uh, is in reference to Grant, who threw a little shade at the tax line today. During the gauntlet. Yeah, told them to go blank themselves if they didn't he like did. it. He did. He absolutely did. From the 314, uh, the text line is an official source. Is pro football reference? Question mark. No, that's a great text. Does Grant know what our official our official source pages are? Does he know that it's Wikipedia, yeah. the text line, and, then, and pizza.com? Yeah, I, would, I would like to think that, that he does. You know what's crazy is that I mean, that slander towards the text line was in the tiebreaker question. Right. We had to go to the tiebreaker question to even get the slander. Or else nobody would know. No one would know. That Grant was flat out peeing in everybody's Cheerios today. Yeah. So, interesting. Was there controversy, by the way? Was there any sort of controversy about the Cowboys' playoff wins? Or playoff appearances? I don't don't think anybody texted in about that. Other than that... uh, we got a few text messages saying that that Sam that there's justice for Sam. I don't get I, that. I don't get that either. I, I think we counted we counted it correctly, did we, we did. not? It was a four four game. It Sam was. I got it right here. Sam had the first two questions correct. Yes. He used the options, so he had two points there. And then he said Aaron Donald. And he said Aaron Donald. Which was not right. Yeah, he did not win Super Bowl MVP. You may have thought that, and maybe that's why people were thinking but maybe. even even with that. No, it, listen, Aaron Donald didn't win Super Bowl MVP that year. It he was Cooper, Cooper Cup. Because he had a vision, actually. He had a vision before the Super Bowl that he won <laughs> the Super Bowl MVP, and I'm not lying about that. You can look that up. There you go. And I don't think any any defensive player has won it since Von Miller in 2016 with the no, Broncos. No, that was Super Bowl 50. I, I don't, yeah, no. And so he got that question wrong. He answered Marsh's Minnesota Vikings without the options so that's two points. That gave him four. Jamie got all the questions right, but he used the options on all of them, giving him four. Yep. And he was closest to the tie or to the uh, tiebreaker question. So I, I don't know. know. Math is hard. I, I and we, definitely. Will we be the first ones to tell that. you? It's tough. We're terrible at but it. But I think we got this one. I think we got this one right. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the 636, Anthony, I don't like your negativity. Okay. Uh, from the 636, boy Marsh. Love this game, buddy. And this is in reference to the Magic 8-Ball. First time hearing it sober, but still love it. (laughs) I love the fact that today, Jamie 
Jamie had to talk out of both sides of his mouth with the Petro thing. Because Jamie's been oh, very clear, very clear about his thoughts on Petro and the impact that letting Petro walk had has had on the Blues. And the Magic 8-Ball basically told him to shove it where the uh, sun don't shine. He had to mm-hmm. he had to go against his own thoughts on that. Basically said, Jamie, go blank yourself. It did, just like Grant yeah. did. And you know what? Jamie initially pushed back. He said, I'm not doing this. I can't. And we told him to grow up, to grow a pair of softballs, and answer the question. And he did. Because Jamie's a gamer. That's why he's my new GM with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. From the 314, you guys are going to get me in trouble with my wife sending a you up text to a random number for Cardinal tickets. <laughs> Could you imagine that conversation? That was our trivia question today for the to win the Cardinals tickets. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Who is this? Uh, That's 101 ESPN. 101 ESPN. <laughs> oh, sure it is. You texting you up to uh, a radio station Jamie. for what? From the fast lane. Oh yeah, who's this Jamie from the fast lane? I don't know. <laughs> well, she sounds hideous. Yeah, well, she's a guy, so. <laughs> I was trying to get Cardinals tickets. I swear. All right, Cardinals and Nationals, six oh five. First pitch. Everybody have a great night. We thank you for listening. Thanks for participating. Thanks for laughing with us throughout the course of the day. We get instant replay coming up from six to seven. We'll be back tomorrow, two o'clock. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.